Hey, what's up, guys and gals? Tonight's guest on Gravity Lab Radio is a good buddy of mine, Jeremy Brown. Jeremy Brown runs Mind Right Endurance. Some of you might remember him. He is an endurance athlete coach. I uh, look forward to talking to him, catching up a little bit, uh, getting him and Nick to get into endurance fitness, uh, uh, health and well-being, but also talking about getting your mind right. Whatever it is you're trying to overcome, whether it's a uh, race, whether it's a marathon, whether it's skydiving, whether it's a work or a personal relationship, getting your mind right, having that thought process, that emotional well-being to move forward and make these decisions are super important. And this is an attitude that both Nick, myself and Jeremy all really share. So I, I look forward to catching up with Jeremy sharing some of what mind right endurance is about and what his mindset is for that. But till then, na 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 na. I can't sing, can I? No, uh, but if you do want to see me sing, velocityrigs.com. Velocity Sports Equipment is the maker of the Infinity Rig. I've been jumping Infinities since 1999. I have jumped most of the rigs on the market. I have owned quite a few of the different rigs on the market, and there are some mighty mighty fine gear today. We're dealing with a, a great time, a pinnacle of gear. Everything is just really phenomenal out there. But uh, Infinity is still my best. It's still the one that I continue to go back to. It is the most comfortable, the most customizable, and the staff there is absolutely wonderful. You say, uh, DJ, you said something about you singing. That's right. Go to VelocityRigs.com and one of the first things you'll see is Infinity Marred now available. And yeah, the Infinity Mard is something that came to the scene just a little bit later than uh, most people would have liked. But Kelly Farrington, the owner of Infinity, did not want to half-ass anything. He wanted to make sure it was right. He wanted to make sure it was the best thing it could be. He wanted to make sure that he put every thought and effort into it to give you the most peace of mind. And of course himself, because he wants to make sure every one of his customers and jumpers are safe. Uh, Nick and I got the pleasure of helping run the, uh, the, the test project for Velocity Sports Equipment. And if you go to their website, you can see a really cool trailer right there on the website, right there on the homepage uh, with me cutting away and you can hear Nick in the background singing with me. It was a super fun, fun project. You've probably heard us talk about it way too many times, but uh, check it out. VelocityRigs.com. The Mard, the new thing, it's been out for a year now, so not super new, but it, it's uh, not an option. It comes free on every rig. Safety should not be an option you have to pay for. It's something I've heard Kelly say time and time again, and he insisted on the Mard be part of the uh, price and it is free. It is up to you to have it installed. So you can ask your rigger when they have it packed to install it or not install it. It is up to you. If you want to learn more about the Mard, check out VelocityRigs.com. There are a couple really great videos on the homepage telling you a bit more about it, explain it to you in detail. And if you still have more questions from there, talk to your local rigger. If you're at Skydive Spaceland, Houston, come hit me up, check, uh, talk to me. I'll help you out. Rory Corrigan, super, super knowledgeable as well in the Houston area. Guys and gals, check out Velocity Rigs. Check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and on the interwebs at VelocityRigs.com. Till then, enjoy this visit with Mr. Jeremy Brown. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You are listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? How are you doing? I'm not good yet. Hang You're on. not good. No worries, Hang man. On. No worries. I'll tell right. you, everything is set up. Hang on. I think. Nope, not yet. 
<laughs> it's happening. I'm pretty sure it's happening. Tick-tock, Gentlemen, tick-tock, hello. Tick-tock. Welcome. To, I can't figure out the buttons either. Let's go with that one. Hit three. When in doubt. It worked. So we used to have the keypad, right? Hold on. Let me talk to it. Uh, we used to have the keypad. And if you made me do the keypad right now, I remember, like, my fingers remember the buttons. Yep. yep. But this uh, stream deck over here, it shows me a little picture, which should be more helpful. But it's in a different spot than my buttons, so it kind of scrambles my brain. Your brain's going, ah, and it's your left hand too, right? <laughs> if you're used to doing the other one with your right yeah, hand, yeah, I'm pretty like I'm pretty ambidextrous. Like I don't think it's a disconnection from uh, from like from my the function of my fingers. Mm-hmm. It's just my my brain. Yeah, it's broken. I got a bad one. I'm There's pretty that. sure the buttons are in the same place they were on the keypad. No, because I want to hit the guest camera when that te- my brain tells me that's where I should be. Sorry for anyone that's listening to this. <laughs> this, this is really oh, boring. We're, we're just, live already. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> I, started, I started it. Send it. <laughs> I just hit myself in the face I of the think. microphone. Are you recording on that little silver uh, laptop? The computer's recording. Then we're good. Just oh, it. you know what? I didn't start recording over here. I'm going to start it now just in case. Yeah. So now, now it's definitely, totally, completely. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Happening. I don't feel nearly as bad. I sit over there uh, probably as often as Nick down now does because we don't do it often. And just watching you be a train wreck over there makes me feel so much better <laughs> Good, dude, about me. I mean, currency is a thing, right? In skydiving and podcasting, which uh, we haven't done a show in almost a month. It's been a month. Yeah. Has it been a month? Yeah. And I sat in that seat over there a month ago. And I don't know how long ago it's been since I sat here. And so buttons, uh, you know, your your monitors are different. <clears throat> I've, this is the first time here with this vertical monitor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It is know. a dumpster fire on a train wreck. I mean, yeah, it's just weird. It's just, I, it feels different. It's nice. I like it. I've kind of missed. I've kind of missed doing this. Yeah, yeah. It's good seeing you over there, man. You look tall. I I grew. <laughs> I, I had a thirty-five year old uh, growth spurt finally happen. I've been waiting. <laughs> but I see you. Been can't waiting touch since the, the seventh grade. My feet are totally. <laughs> They're not on the ground. They're definitely not on the ground. My heels are on the chair. But yeah, it doesn't. That's, there's there's that. <laughs> Still a little kid. Uh, at the dinner table and just can't reach. The old swing of the feet never happened. Oh, man. It, it makes me sad because I want that chair to sit just a little bit higher to be comfortable, and you're still not touching the ground. <laughs> Hold on. But you move it higher? No, I can't. That's what makes me sad. That's as high as Oh, you want sits. it to be higher. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's going to go all the way down. <laughs> the, the knobs underneath this chair are super complicated. <laughs> There's the the... the, the the closest the outside paddle. How boring is this for anyone? <laughs> yeah, to listen to? Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> so uh, all three people we, Jeremy, have left already. Jeremy, I don't think we even welcomed you to the show. I'm here. Uh, Jeremy Brown, welcome back. You, you. How long has it been since we had you on here before? A uh, year and a half, maybe. I have no. It was clue. October of nineteen, I think, is what I looked. October, November. <laughs> I thought of 19. you say October of nineteen ninety-seven. <laughs> like that's what I thought you were going to say. That was a good year, man. We've been doing the podcast for longer than I thought. Uh, I honestly don't remember what we talked about all that much. Well, we talked about my first skydive, my first skydive experience mm-hmm. yeah, out there with, with you all. And a, then uh, I think at that point in time, I'd had my second skydive because I compared the two uh, doing out in Yosemite and then with you all. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about being uh, being comfortable. And then we talked about uh, something else. There was something else there. Well, so up front for, for any of our regular listeners who uh, listen to the show because we talk about skydiving, we're probably not going to talk about it all that much on this show. Might. You're, uh, Might do you want to describe to people what you do if they didn't hear the first show? Yeah, so um, I am a professional endurance coach, if there's such a thing. So I coach people for a living. Uh, but when you say endurance coach, elaborate. 
Yeah, so swimming cycle. Oh, we talked about CrossFit. We talked about your 31 Murphs. I remember that. I did those Murphs. We talked about your cheese, and there was something else we talked Dude, about. I, you told me to bring cheese. I got a bag full of cheese right now. Perfect. <laughs> I didn't want to bust it out. Hang on. <laughs> oh, he had man. legit brought a bag of cheese. Last time he offered me a, I, a cheese, and I it's tried, like he's over here eating this rabbit food I tried food to stuff. avoid... Uh, Pulling this out until we were on the show because I didn't know. Like honestly, I snack. And now you can't, can't find even, the right can't button. Find me. There we I snack so much on the show that it's like it doesn't stand out to me, right? So we've got uh, a mozzarella cheese. Oh, I'm yeah. down with that. We, we've got uh, Baby Bell. Are you a fan of Baby Bell? I'm a, I'm a fan. You know why I I tried this cheese in the first place? You know who Sarah Silverman is? I do. She has a really funny bit about Baby Bell cheese. Okay. That the cheese was so good, she wanted to fuck the cheese. <laughs> And the, and the, the line, show's going. The line. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, world. This is the sort of stuff that makes me really happy. The line that really stood out is she said she wanted to get all up in its tiny cheese pussy. And I knew immediately that when she, when she was talking about real cheese, like that I found out that this exists. Yep. Bought it the next day. That's your cheese. We've also got, uh, I don't even know what this is. Uh, Fontina. Some Fontina cheese. Hard pass. So this is... Uh, this is the firmest. This is the softest. What are you after? Pick, pick, your, pick your poison. Not the last one. No, okay, not, not he doesn't the, like a firm. I would make old jokes, but I'm the old guy. That's so. is, this is true. This is true. Hey, all right. Um, well, I'm going to get you a couple of these cheeses, and then when you're... There we go. When you're not talking, you should be snacking, and if, you, if I catch you snacking, these are really good. I remember these. That was I a great catch. These. You're obviously athletic. A little bit, a little bit. Yep, yep. DJ, can I interest you in any cheese? <laughs> yes. Uh, Baby Bell, uh, mozzarella, Fontina. These are really good. Dude, I love the Fontina okay. and mozzarella, please. Okay, great. Here it goes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's if a lot of people just listen to the show and they don't watch, and I sit here next to Nick eating Eat the some entire time. time. Praise yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> One of the times that is the worst is when he sits behind the desk and he's got a place to oh. actually eat. Then it's uh, I'll get set up. <laughs> yeah, dude, I've gone through entire pints of ice cream back here. You don't know. <laughs> I've caught you off guard. Going like, full fat kid. He's trying to turn things up and down so he can stop eating. He mutes himself and he's just back there going, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> getting after it. Oh, dude, looks like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory yep, back there yep. sometimes. Oh, Willy Wonka, I can't help it. <laughs> can't help it. You want to know how sad my life is? This is what I did before I came here. I went to oh, wrong button. I went to Chipotle. I got my Chipotle to go because I still I don't think you can eat there. And I sat in the back of my van by myself and watched UFC knockouts on my phone. And that's where I ate dinner. And I shoveled all that Chipotle in my face. Because fuck you. And I then can. I went into the store and bought a bunch of cheese. And I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, that's it's been a great night so far. <laughs> Up to this point. So uh, let's talk about you. We did have one other skydiving experience with yep, you yep. since you've been uh, uh, back. Yep. Uh, tell the world what was it all about? Oh, so that was a that was pretty awesome. So I I, uh, I collaborated with these these fine folks here, and uh, we went out to skydive Spaceland, and essentially um, I put on an endurance ride. So I put on a uh, we call it the Epic Bike Adventure, and basically the premise was everything was shut down because of COVID. People weren't able to race, and people weren't able to actually go out and participate in these running and cycling events. And um, and so I said I want to do something different, but I want to do something that people don't see coming. So we hopped on bikes, and uh, the very first stop, I collaborated with them, and the very first stop was skydiving. And so uh, at the end of the day, I think we ended up with 
know, almost 40 people that ended up jumping that day. A lot. Yeah, I think we had decided on 10. We said 10. We'd get 10 for sure. And then we're like, all right, let's do it. And I think it ended up being like 38 or 40 yeah, people I, that jumped. Was, I think it was in the 30s. It I was insane. Right. Yeah, it was And so so they rode the bikes morning. about 25 miles uh, to that. They all went through their, their courses, lessons, got everything uh, ready to go, went up, did the jumps. And then we went on and did some other adventures that day that they that they didn't see coming as we were going. And so, um, tell me about these other adventures. Yeah. So what's up, Elsa? So uh, so we had uh, the the next stop. We left from there. We went down to um, MSR Houston, and they did go kart racing. So everybody got at least two laps on the or two two rides on the go kart, which is awesome. MSR Houston uh, for a lot of people is Motorsports Ranch. Yep. It is a really nice, fancy ass racetrack. Yeah, it's nice. And their go karts are faster Wicked than fast. most of my friends' cars. True, true story, true story. And so, uh, so they got two laps on that, and then we went uh, from there. We went out to uh, RC Ranch, which is uh, they have Wagyu cattle out there. They That's do, where Adrian uh, gets his food. Yeah, now. a Wagyu beef uh, production out there on one of their ranches. And so the ranch hand let us come out. We'd already organized this ahead of time. And uh, the teams, there were teams of five. There were 10 teams of five that we had. And the teams went, and they had to load bales of hay onto a, onto a trailer that was being driven essentially away from them. And fastest time won, you know, a Wagyu Ranch um, or RC Ranch uh, beef package. So they got a really nice, you know, really nice set of steaks out of it. And you should see these triathletes trying to load these bales of hay. I mean, it was ridiculous because they don't do upper body work. They don't. You know, I say triathletes, endurance athletes. And it was it was comical how many bales. I think I think they bought forty bales, and when we got done, they had less than ten that didn't get busted because <laughs> they just didn't understand how to pick up a bale of hay and load it. So did all that, and then the next thing after that, uh, while we were at the ranch, was uh, they had to catch chickens in a pen and put them into a dog kennel. And this was, we ended up doing two rounds of it because there was one point in time the chickens were no longer running. They were panting because they were exhausted. And my, <laughs> my wife is sitting there because so what had happened, I went to it. There's some place south of here where they sell chickens. And I go there and I buy these five and they're like 20 bucks or whatever. And I bring them back. And next thing you know, I go out in the garage because the day before I go out in the garage and we got this dog kennel. And my wife and stepson, they've already named these damn chickens. And I'm thinking right there we got a problem. Like they've already got names. Uh, there's a picture I took that I, I took one of them and put it into a Chick Fil A uh, fry box. So I got a picture of this chicken in a Chick Fil A fry box. Of course, my wife thought that was offensive to the chickens, but anyway. So we're out there and these chickens are panting, and you got these people in their spandex, you know, chasing these chickens around this pen. And uh, anyway, it was a lot of fun, and we had a, we had a really really good time with that. But yeah, the very first stop was skydiving, and, and for a lot of the people, they had never done it before. And for a lot of the people, they would have never done it. And I've been told that multiple times. And I get asked probably once a month, if not once every two months, of, of people going, hey, are we going to do another epic bike adventure? Well, yeah, you know, we're thinking about maybe next year. Is it going to be skydiving again? Well, it might. I can't tell you what it is. That's the premise of it. The, the beauty is they didn't know what they were doing except for the skydiving. We had to get, you know, everything set up beforehand. But um, outside of that, they didn't have any idea. They rolled up to a spot and they're like, we're a damn ranch. Like there's chickens over there in a pen. What are we going to do? So that was kind of the premise of it is, Hey, just shut the hell up and let's go with the flow. Let's go have fun. Let's go play with our fitness and let's go enjoy ourselves. So man, it was super cool watching everyone roll up on their spandex or in their spandex on their bikes. Like we've always done jumpsuits at Skydive Spaceland up until the whole pandemic thing started. It was yep. like, everyone's wearing a jumpsuit unless you have some crazy body shape that doesn't fit into our suits. Or if you, you know, we had a girl who was a flight attendant for Delta Airlines who wanted to jump in her, like she, her she had a, yeah, she had a, you know, a, a work uniform that she was ready to retire. So she 
made a jump in it. And we even cut holes for the harness to go through and everything so you'd see the, the whole outfit. But for the most part, it's been jumpsuits forever. Yeah. And that, to have all these fun videos and photos of all your, yeah. your cycling I friends. I sent some over there, to him. Uh, it was awesome to see people, you know, people under canopy getting ready to land, giving thumbs up, and they're in like full-on cycling kits. <laughs> it's like, that's is that what you call it in their kit? Yeah, it's a kit. Yeah, okay. that's what they call it, kit. No, you can call it whatever the hell you want. I, I just want to say the right thing. No, just call it spandex. Call it whatever. Span- spandex is appropriate. Sp- whatever. Rolled up in their spandex. <laughs> is, am I? Do I sound like a new guy? Well, maybe, but it's awkward. <laughs> All right, full kit. <laughs> They're kitted up, kitted up. But you, no, that was a that was an awesome experience. Do you have some ideas for what uh, the next epic bike? I do, I do. I always have ideas. Though. I mean, are you <laughs> gonna? <laughs> I always have ideas. Do you feel comfortable sharing any of no, those? No, I'm gonna sit on them. Get, I'm gonna sit on them close, close yeah, to the chest. I'm gonna sit right, on them because because cool. I think last time what happened is people realized that you don't have to take your fitness so seriously. You know, you can go out there and have some fun. Luckily, there were no races happening, and so people weren't under the pressure of I got to get this training in or I got to ride this far, or this fast. And they were a little more lax about it, a little more chill, and just kind of like, you know what, let's go with the flow. And we let them group up in teams of five. And so you signed up as a team, and you create a team name. We had some awesome team names. You signed up as a team, so you were doing it with your friends already. You know, and so it was, um, it was a great experience. And like I said, that that skydiving set the tone. I was worried because it's like when you do that. You know, especially like when you do it your first time or your second time or third time, maybe your 8,000th time, you still, you get done, you get like this adrenaline dump. And I kept waiting on them to kind of start to like peter out. Cause I mean, that's ultimately the pinnacle. That is, that is bucket list material for a lot of people. And they just did that to start their day, you know? <laughs> so it's like, well, shit, it might just go downhill from here, but it didn't. It was a great day. Did, uh, I mean, how did people feel like when you show up to a place and you find out you're wrangling chickens? Like, how does this go over? It was there was a lot of of uh, uh, hooping and hollering and there was excitement. I, I think what people have learned with me is that I don't give a shit what you expect. I'm going to make sure it's different than what you expect, right? So we have a we actually have a, a triathlon camp happen this weekend. We got about 35 people coming to town. And they're going to train. We're going to do a little workout tomorrow evening, and then basically all day Saturday, and we'll have a dinner Saturday night, and then half a day Sunday. You know, I put out this itinerary, and the joke, the kind of the running joke is, it doesn't matter what's on the itinerary; it's all going to be different. Part of it's because logistically it has to be different. You know, I got ebbs and flows, but at the end of the day, I make sure that you don't see shit coming. And I think that's the beauty of it is that a lot of people, they recognize with me, like, you can kind of have an idea of what we're doing, but it may not even be anything like that. So I think when they showed up, they expected something unexpected. They just didn't know what. And so when they saw the chickens, they were like, what in the hell are we doing? And so the last guy, so, so we did it and we did all the teams and the three fastest times. Uh, advanced to the finals, and then my wife said, "Okay, we gotta give these chickens a break. Or we're gonna kill them." All right, babe. So we went and loaded up bales of hay, and uh, and we came back, and uh, and then so we had the the top three teams had to pick one person from their team to represent their team to try to win. So everybody nominated one person from the team. So they're there cheering for me. You literally, we're in this. It's probably about the size of this room. And it's a round pen, and you know these chickens are just scattering everywhere. And so one person had to go in and try to win it for them. And you got it. It's surrounded with people. I mean, it was like. It was like a fighting cage, you know, where you'd sit there and you'd cheer on the people fighting in the middle. And the uh, uh, the guy that ended up winning it, he grabbed four chickens in one hand. I mean, like one swipe. <laughs> there was chicken feathers flying everywhere and just chunked them into the into the kennel. Done. It was like nine seconds or something ridiculous. But this is a bunch of tired-ass chickens, right? It is a bunch of tired-ass <laughs> chickens. That is correct. They might have been huddled together, you know, but, you know. <laughs> still, that's that's still pretty epic. Yeah, it was, it was cool to see. It was cool to see. But like I said, it could have went anywhere after starting the day with skydiving. I didn't know. I mean, you know, but it, it ended know, up being great. The, the big difference that, uh, I mean, aside from like uh, the athletic look of the group, the biggest difference with your group and 
skydiving groups in general is everyone wants to, you know, someone will call and say, hey, I'm going to bring out a group of 20 people. I'm going to talk everyone into do it. We're all going to do it. And you know how many people actually show up? Are you telling me that? Yeah. It's usually three or four when yep. someone comes up. There was a guy who promised me he was going to have 100 people. This was the birthday party guy or something. What birthday, I remember yep. you telling me that. Yeah. And you know how many he showed up with? Five. No, himself. That's it. <laughs> he. I was calling every... I had I'd talked to everyone in the company and... Uh, Above me, yep. hey, what what can we do for this guy I if he really brings out uh, this this person? Yep. Hey, do we need to bring in other instructors from other drop zones? Yada yada yada. Yeah, one guy. <laughs> but your group, we talked about ten people. We talked about ten, and, and you got thirty plus. I think we had twenty eight that had like pre-registered and prepaid and everything. And I think there was another like six or eight the next day when we got yeah, there that people, said, hey, I want to do it. Because the group was so big, people we, we'd had a, a remote class the, the night before, yep, yep. Uh, which was super fun. It's yeah. It was cool to teach. Uh, you know, being in the tandem classroom, I've been in that room and done the whole, you know, my whole song and dance a lot of times. But just being somewhere else in a different setting, like made it fun. And not being away from the drop zone, it was like easier to be a little bit more inappropriate, especially <laughs> with the with the group of... You know, at, right. you know your your yeah. crew. I could tell it was already a uh, kind of a tight knit group of people yeah. who were fine with uh, having some fun and making some jokes. Yeah, it was it was cool to see the people when we got there that they had that that FOMO. They were like, "Damn, man! All right, I want I want to jump. Can I sign up now? Absolutely, let's go!" You yeah, know, because the group was so big and it took you know more than more than just a couple loads. Uh, there was plenty of time for those people to well, get up to class. And I will say that was one thing we were concerned with was the tight timeline, right? Remember we discussed that. It was like, man, you know, I think we can turn them in this time. Depends on weather and all these other things. And and just the sheer front, and and what you guys do is normal, right? It's a normal day for you. You're running loads and all that stuff. Just as at the efficiency of the entire operation was impressive. Sitting back, just observing, because I didn't jump. I was just managing. Sitting back and observing how fluid the entire process went. You know, from from their names getting on the boards to actually getting with their you know their tandem partner and then actually getting on the plane and jumping. It was flawless. I was, I mean, I was blown away at how it was definitely a busy day for us. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> there was a high fuck factor that could have happened that day though. Like yeah, there could have been one of ten things. Messy. It was. Uh, we were on a wind hold. I'm pretty sure when you guys showed up. I'm pretty sure that we were waiting on the wind when you showed up. I remember. Already. I remember getting down there, and I remember that because I think you had had some some numbers. Somebody had some numbers pulled up saying you know winds way up top were this, and mm-hmm. they were down here, but they're showing signs of doing whatever scientific bullshit you guys do. <laughs> yeah, just know. looking at the winds a lot. Sciencing it yeah. up. I don't know. <laughs> Fancy words we make up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. But I mean, it flowed. I mean, it was it was beautiful. So I, was, I awesome. was worried that we weren't going to get you out of there in time, but it. Uh, Sounds like it worked out. The day would have just been longer. We just stuck with it. It's awesome because <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to do stuff like that. But uh, so, uh, your sport is not skydiving. I know that you train endurance athletes. Do yep. you do you compete as a triathlete? Uh, I'm a has been. I used to. Uh, recently, I've taken racquetball. By the way, dude, <laughs> that's a lot of fun. <laughs> dude, let me tell you what. I got a huge bruise on my hip. And I got a separated AC joint from taking on a wall the other day, right? Um, but no, I, I I was a serious triathlete for, for several years. I wanted to go pro. I tried to chase that dream a little bit, and I realized, I said, you know, I just I don't enjoy my success as much as I enjoy the success of others. Like when somebody else wins, I'm all about it. But when I win, it's like, honest to God, I had this discussion with the guy the other day. It's like, I expect to achieve things. I expect to win. My expectation is success. So when I do succeed, I'm not surprised. Like I don't, and it sounds arrogant to say that out loud, but I'm not high fiving myself, going "fuck yeah, man, you did it." I'm like, "No, what's next? Like, check the box, let's move on," you know. And so, um, 
I realized after probably about two or three years, I came up in the sport very quickly and I realized after two or three years that I just didn't, it didn't, it didn't do what I wanted it to do for me to win and succeed. And so I started helping others and I'm like, man, this is where it's at. Like now, you know, what my, the mind, right endurance, my company, uh, we have 11 coaches that work for us. One of them is a, a U.S. Olympic cycling coach. And so, you know, we got some, some pretty smart people in there, way smarter than me. And uh, we got this you know, large operation, about 120, 130 athletes that we get to work with. So I get to be a part of their success in some level. We got, what I say, 30, almost 35 people coming to town this weekend just for a training camp. They're giving up their weekends with their families to come do that. That's what gets me. You know, and seeing these people take down accomplishments, probably much like you guys. You know, you see somebody do their first skydive and they come out. You can't get that grin off your face. And you see that and you're like, I was part of that. Like, I helped make that memory. And that's where that's where I'm at with the... With that, you know, I've done, I don't know, three or four Ironmans, and it's fun. There's no doubt. It's fun. It just doesn't do for me what it used to. So now I'm, I'm, I'm getting bigger into ultra running, you know, uh, 100Ks, 50Ks, 100 milers, uh, last man standing. I get a last man standing race later this year. Have you done a 100-mile race? I have not yet. Not done a 100-mile race. What's the longest one you've done? I've done uh, two 100Ks. Yep. And so it's... Uh, you got to tell me in miles. Well... 2.2... <laughs> Am I doing this conversion right? <laughs> I don't know the conversion, but I'll tell you right now that it is, uh, what is it, 62 and a half miles-ish. Wow. God, geez. For 100K. And that was in Bandera, and it's hilly and rocky and cactuses and snakes and all kinds of shit. So it's, but it's... 62 miles. There we go. I but have to stop... Producer on the come through. Solid work. <laughs> I have to stop my car if I drive for 62 straight miles <laughs> and stretch. <laughs> Fuck running that Yeah, far. you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's oh, 12 to... That's horrible. It's twelve to twenty hours, depending on who's. I mean, on the faster side, it's eight nine hours for the at the elite level. But it's it's you know average wow. people are twelve to to twenty hours. So, um, I think actually the last time I was here, I was a couple months out from my first go at it, and I I, uh, I, I the plan went awry and basically in the day the guy I was supposed to be running with goes, hey, I'm not going anymore. You're on your own. So here I am, never done it before, and I'm like, well, fuck, I'm just gonna run. Uh, and so I ended up qualifying for Western States or getting a lottery ticket, which is basically kind of the the mecca, if you will, of uh, of ultra racing. And uh, so I've, now I have two lottery tickets. So basically when they draw for, because you can only get into the lottery and into the race by qualification or lottery. And so that's kind of what I'm chasing now. You know, I got some bigger stuff out there. I got a uh, last man standing race coming at the end of this year, which is basically every hour on the hour, you're going to run 4.16 miles. You can do it in 30 minutes or you can do it in 59 minutes. But as long as you're back in that starting corral, one minute before the start of the next hour, you get to start the next hour. And you go until you can't go anymore. What's the distance? 4.16 miles. Every hour. Every hour on the hour. Why is it 4.16? Is that just a a certain number of, like, is that 16 laps on a track? No. Have you, uh, you would think that there'd be some smart plan to it, right? Have you heard of the Barkley Marathons? That's a documentary you must watch. That is one of those psychotic things you go, what in the fuck are these people actually doing? It's incredible. Um, Barkley? Barkley Marathons. It's on Netflix. It's really, really good. Spell that. Barkley, B-A-R-K-L-E-Y, I'm guessing. Um, and so this guy, Lazarus Lake, that created this, he's, he was coined as kind of one of the early pioneers of ultra running. He created the Sparkling Marathons. He also created, they call it Big's Backyard Ultra. The distance is based on a lap around his property. <laughs> that's it. There's no like formula. There's no like, but that's the standard. And so now that this is becoming more and more of a thing, it's 4.16725 or whatever it is up being 4.16 miles every hour on the hour. So that's in, uh, in November. That's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, how far can we go? Can you get back in the chute and at least start the next hour? Mm. You know, because if you do the math, it's, it's, say it's four miles just over. You're going to have to do just under 15-minute miles. You have to do like 14.45, 14.50 per mile. 
to, to beat the cutoff every single hour. Now you got to factor in some point you got to get some rest, right? Catch a cat nap. You got to change shoes. You got to eat. You got to stretch. You got to get a massage, whatever it ends up being. So they did it last year and it used to be where everyone came to the United States and they would race it in his house in his in, on his property in like bumfuck Tennessee. It's in the middle of nowhere. And they'd come there and they'd race it on his property. Well, with COVID and all this crazy stuff, they did it virtually for the first time ever. And they, they, uh, Thanks, thanks for technology, they actually live-streamed the entire race. <laughs> and you've got a team in Mexico, the, uh, I forget, the, the Talamajaras? They run in the sandals, in the canyons down there. So you had a team in Mexico that was like four, five, eight people. You had like Belgium, you had Japan. So you had all these people at the same time. Every hour on the hour, the clock would go off. And it, over there, it's midnight, and here it's noon, right? And so they did this, and the, the winning team, uh, they ended up going like 84 hours or something just absurd. The catch to the race is that you can only go as far as the second place finisher plus one lap. Meaning, if me and you're racing and we start the lap together and for some reason you got to stop, I can't go another lap after that. I have to complete that lap and I win. So meaning you can only go as far as your competition. That's just the rule. The guy that finished it, I swear to God, he probably could have gone for another 12 hours. It was dumb. Like he's running around, jumping around, happy. He goes back out to find the guy that didn't finish the lap in time that he was competing with freaking psychotic people right but anyway so there's one happening in texas uh in november well did you have uh any expectations for how you're going to perform in this sort of a race you know i i, I do 36 hours is what ah, i want to do geez. 36 hours is what i want to do um, so 36 hours at mm-hmm. four miles every hour so that's the difference in everything past a marathon is you don't think about it in mileage it's hours i think about it in mileage. no it's just it's just time in motion right it's just time it's just time moving right there was one point in time uh, when i did that 100k last year my very first one i'm running along and i remember looking at my watch and i had like roughly five hours of running left and i told myself i remember telling myself oh man you only got five hours of running left like this is fucking good if you told me tomorrow we're going to run five hours, I tell you, you're out of your damn mind. But in that moment, it made sense to me because I only saw time. I didn't see that I had another 24 miles to go or whatever it ended up being. So it's, a, it's just a mindset shift, right? It's just a, it's just a changing, the way, changing the way you look at it, you know? So for your strategy, are you expecting to keep uh, like a slower pace? Or are you going to, like, what do you run a mile in? If I'm running just one straight mile? Uh, like if I'm going for a mile for time, no, let's say you're doing a half marathon. Like what's your mile pace going to be? Uh, low sevens, mid sevens. I want to go back to that's it for one minute. (laughs) One minute mile. No, one mile, one mile all out. Oh, one mile. Yeah. One mile. Um, I haven't ran that in probably six, eight years. Uh, my, my PR miles of five Oh nine. That's my PR fastest I can possibly run pulling both hamstrings and taking a nap for the next three days. Mm. But that's the max. Man, there's a guy on YouTube. I can't remember his name. It's Nick something, and I only remember his first name. Simons? Yes, this is him, former uh, uh, Olympic athlete. Yep. Who his goal for the year is to deadlift 500 pounds yep. and then run a sub five minute mile. Yep. Those two things back to back. Freaking freak hybrid athlete right yeah. there. No way, dude. Hybrid athlete. Well, it's like, uh, so Galen Rupp was kind of a, uh, was no, not Galen Rupp. Who the hell was it? There's another one of these like really accomplished marathoners that went to the Olympic trial or went to the Olympics and all this stuff. And he decided one day, he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm tired of racing. I'm tired of running. I'm going to go become a professional like physique bodybuilder or something. So he goes from being this like endurance running machine to like this huge <laughs> buffed up dude. It makes no sense. I think he's on drugs, but whatever. Oh, all those guys are on drugs. Yeah, was, you you got to be to compete in that world, don't you? Yeah, I, I think so. I think mm-hmm. it, to, it, to some extent. Yeah. 
So no, I don't for you know to go back to the very first question. I don't, I just don't get excited for triathlons anymore. I don't, I don't get excited. I don't get excited for that type of stuff. I get excited for the stuff that takes more than just the physical ability, right? The longer you go, the less the physical ability actually matters. You know, and that's what I'm after. I'm and, after that. And you're just getting into the, the mental endurance of it? Yeah. I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that dark hole to climb into and kind of, you know, as they say, spelunking in the pain cave. That's what I'm looking for. Spelunking where? In the pain cave? In the pain cave, cave. Oh, yeah. That sounds... That's what I'm looking for. That that That's what wakes me up and I go, all right. Why? There's a lot. I've learned more in that spot uh, than I have any other spot in my entire life. When it's when it's at its worst, when it sucks, and when it's just terrible, is when I'm at my best. I don't know if that's a if that's a heightened like psychological arousal state. I don't know what it is, but for me, that's where I want to go. You know, and that's that's kind of um, that's kind of what spurned my my starting the mental mastery business that I started. It's like I think that that if people find a way to just get, and we talked a little bit about this last time, just get a little bit more uncomfortable than they are now, they're going to learn stuff and they're going to grow and they're going to develop, and and people are afraid of that. You know, we have this camp going on this weekend and she might be listening. We have this new athlete I'm working with. And uh, if you look at the itinerary for this weekend on Saturday, they're going to ride about 85 miles total in two different rides. Going to ride out to Alvin, going to do some some fun running games, as we'll call it. And then they're going to ride back and do some more running. How much time is that on a bike? Um, so this weekend's total bike time is just under seven hours and total run time is about five hours for the weekend. So they're looking at about 13 total hours in one hour session Friday night all day Saturday and half a day Sunday. So it's a, it's a big load. Um, and so she reached out to me and she goes, well, we're going to, it looks like we're going to ride almost a hundred miles. I haven't ridden more than 36 miles in blah, blah, blah months, whatever. And so I text her back. I'm like, and like, what are we getting in here? Like, you want to fucking learn and grow or do you just want to sit there and mold? Like, what are we trying to do? What are we talking about? And the thing is, is that, you know, I had a guy I coached this year that his goal was to run 200 miles in 55 hours for the snowdrop foundation. That was his goal. And he had gotten to 165 before, and he was just broken after. That's the farthest he ever gotten. He ended up with, like, rhabdo. Believe it or not, runner got rhabdo after running this 160 miles, and he struggled with it and all this stuff. And so we started working on stuff. And, you know, I told the guy, I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of go one more, right? You get done with your reps, add one more. You know, I tell my stepkids, you know what you did? You just I just had you do 50 push-ups because you want the fucking Wi-Fi password? Do one more. And then look at me and smile, Right? Always go one more. And I change the Wi-Fi password every week, by the way. But um, <laughs> uh, I'm a bad parent. But anyway, um, I'm a step-parent, so that's okay. Um, and so so it, we were doing this thing. I said, all right, man, you know, I want you to hop on. So we're doing a long endurance bike ride, right? I want you to go. And I said, what's the furthest you've ever ridden the bike? And he said, I've been 200 miles. Said, okay. Well, we're going to go 250. So he texts me back, and he goes, fuck you. We're going 252. You got it, buddy. Right. And so I call this guy psycho for a reason. It's like, absolutely. And this guy, he's 50, 51 years old. And, uh, so he texts me back and he's like two fifty two. I was like, okay. So it, I, I said every, uh, every 20 miles you need to text me and I just want a system check. How are we doing? Where are we at? He didn't do it with Netflix. He barely had any music going. It was just him on a bike trainer. Now he's not outside riding. He's on a bike trainer inside on a stationary bike. And so, uh, he texted me at mile like two twenty. I said, every, you know, at 200, I want you every 10 miles text me. He texts me. He goes, man, he goes, you know what? Fuck your 250. I'm going 300. I'm like, dude, never my, in my entire professional coaching career has anyone ever looked at the goal I put for them or the task I gave them and gone, no, nah, man, I'm going more than that. So 
Now, here's the catch, though. 45 minutes later, he texts me, and he goes, this is fucking awful. Why did I say 300? I said, I said, nah, bro, you said 300. I said 302. Let's go, right? <laughs> but it's always that go one more. It's like you just get a little bit more uncomfortable because when an ice storm hits, right, like we just had, and people are losing their minds, it's like if you're used to being uncomfortable or used to kind of just testing yourself and challenging yourself, you're going to be a little more resilient. You're going to be a little bit, you're going to have a better bounce back factor than sitting there going, oh my God, the world is over. We're all dying. You know, you go, okay, well, this fucking sucks. We, I mean, you know, I'd live not far from you. We, we didn't have power for two days, busted water pipes and all kinds of craziness. And it's like, well, this sucks, but here we are. Like, what are we going to do about it? You know, I've been in a lot of fucking worse situations, but you mentioned rhabdo. Mm-hmm. What is that? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with the CrossFitter because this is one of their favorite don't things call, to get. Don't call me that word. <laughs> Jesus. You're a CrossFitter. That is, that is fully untrue. I have never, I don't I have agree never with had a membership at a CrossFit affiliate gym. Anybody never. that does, I think actually, you guys probably have to pay CrossFit now because I reference CrossFit on your podcast for the record. Yeah, if, but. if you want to be a CrossFit instructor, all you got to do is pay them $1,000 and right. I think it's three days of training. You're right. But Same anybody, that does, anybody that does 30 Murphs, anybody that does a workout with a name is a CrossFitter. I'm just, <laughs> just sticking that out there. No, or, or someone who uh, is a big fan of folks in the military. Uh, you know what? You can pull that one. All I'll right, let that cool, one great, fly. awesome. So, <laughs> how about, how about I, Fran? I she was in the military. <laughs> I haven't done. I, I have done Fran maybe one time, and it's been at least 15 years. Was it good for you? Great for me. Okay, she hated it. <laughs> Fran is the name of another workout. Uh, yeah, yeah, but what is a Fran? Fran, oh god, it's push presses and uh, pull ups. I think. I've never been a CrossFit gym. I just know the name of it. Is Fran an acronym? No, no. a lot of the CrossFit workouts are just named after women. Oh, yep. okay. Yep. Okay, so what's rhabdo? Rhabdo. <laughs> I think it's pronounced rhabdomyelitis. Something like that. Myelitis oh, or something. I see. It's so basically it's like a condition. It's yeah. You you have enough. Uh, I think it's just enough muscle breakdown. Yep. I, it has something to do with your kidneys. A lot of people piss blood. We got a producer right here. She's on well, it. I just wanted to know what yeah. it was, and now I'll Give it, Google it. it. Yeah, Google. Your muscles kind of stop working. Like it, it's almost uh-huh. like you run out of of uh, not that's ever happened to me, but you run out of oil in your engine of your car, and it just kind of stops. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people <laughs> talk about peeing blood or peeing yep. what looks like like the color of Coca Cola. Like, yep. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, mm. it's 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 pretty filthy, pretty mm. filthy. But um, uh, so yeah, so he and and so he completed this two hundred right. And it was it was remote, so it was vir- it was all virtual this year. So he was doing it by himself, unsupported. Typically, they do it in Missouri City, which is a town near here. If you're not from here, and it's on a uh, a one kilometer, so 0.62 miles looped gravel trail. He did 55 hours worth of running on a one kilometer trail. Talk about a rabbit or a, a hamster on a wheel, right? And so this one he did a little bit different, and uh, uh, he ended up getting it, and he got it. And still had an hour left of time to go, which is crazy, you know. And so, uh, so of course, he looks back and he goes, "Well, shit, man! If I'd have gone that other hour, I would have won." Another guy went two hundred six miles; he would have beat him. But I'm like, "Bro, your goal was two hundred. But the, but what I'm getting at it with all this is that I just challenge him to be more uncomfortable, right? And that's where my mental mastery stuff is that way. It's like, what can you do to evaluate where you're at, and maybe just take it that one percent more the next day, right? Or or one more rep, or you know, one more, one more hour of reading, right. Or one more, uh, one more, whatever, you know, and that's what I think people don't realize is that. So going back to your questions is I enjoy looking for that. I enjoy finding this last hundred K I did. I did with a good friend of mine. It was his first one. I said, Hey man, I'm going to run it with you. I said, we're going to stick it together. He's a, uh, he just retired from the air force or struggling with some PTSD stuff, just really having a rough go. And I kind of got him motivated. I said, you're fucking signing up for it. We're doing it together. 
And uh, and so we did it. We got through the first lap. And we're going along, and his his pacer showed up to run with him because after after a certain point in time, you can have someone run with you for safety purposes. And uh, his pacer showed up, and I'm running along, and I, I still carry a little bit of guilt from it. We've talked about it, but it's uh, I told him I'm like, all right, dude, I, I get there's something I go find, like because because at, at the pace we were going, um, it was it was a good pace, it was a firm pace. He had we had a great opening lap, opening 50k, like we had a great time, but th- I wanted more from it. And what I wanted, I don't think I could have found being surrounded by people. I had to go somewhere where I was stuck by myself in the dark and I'm tired and I'm hungry and it's cold. Go to a shitty place. That's where you learn and grow for me. And that's why I seek out this long endurance stuff. It's almost like a drug. You got to have more of it over time to, to get the, the same high, basically. And so, uh, yeah, we'll see where that leads me. It's what your answer really is one of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you back on the show. Uh, partially because you talk as much as I do and it makes this show so much easier for, for me. <laughs> uh, partially because we, we talk a lot about how you apply this to your life and how you, a lot of your high-end athletes use it, but really the everyday struggle for people is real. A lot of us constantly find ourselves in that deep, deep dark hole and that depression and that funk that some people end up chasing because you realize how empowered you become through the process. Yep. You know, how, how do you help those athletes who are living in that process every day overcome that? I don't listen to their bullshit, right? But how do you convince them not to? Multiple ways. And so, for example, this, this one situation today with this girl reached out and said, oh, I haven't ridden that far. Can I get my money back from camp? I sat there and I said, well, one, I got a business to run, <laughs> right? But two, I'm not going to let you. And so my exact question was her, are you going to allow fear to prevent you from an experience? I know what camp does. I've done this shit for eight years now. I've probably put on 20, 25 of these camps. I know, I know the non-measurable, non-fitness-related benefit from these camps. People come away from these camps, and they're fired up for the next couple months to drive toward their goal. It's a fuel for them. They connect with their friends, all this stuff. And essentially, they're around people that pull them out of their comfort zones and out of their limits when they're training. And so I said, are you going to allow that? I just want to present that question. My biggest thing with what I do with Mental Mastery is I don't have an answer, but I'm going to create a fucking question. I want to create the question within the person so that that person then goes and finds the answer. When they go and find the answer, it's going to stick. But if I walked up and said, hey, Nick, if you do this, you'll be better tomorrow, Nick's probably not going to do it. He's probably going to go, all right, cool, dude, thanks. Or he may put it in play. But if he feels the pain of that, if he feels the burn of something, if he finds if he finds the, the fuel from the exploration. So for me, what I did with her, she didn't have a choice. She was coming to camp. Whether I had to guilt her, yell at her, lecture her, whatever I had to do. But I knew that her coming to camp, if I could get her past that fear. Now, I'll tell you guys a little secret, and whoever's paying attention, probably all four viewers. Um, the secret that I have is that if I can find a way to make that person for a second question what they're going to be missing out on, that's a big deal, right? If you just create that question, the people go, man, can I do that, right? Then when they do it, that, that success accomplishment super, super high. So what I do is with a lot of people is I just challenge them a little bit, right? I had this girl I met with today and, and she said, uh, she said something about her, um, tomorrow's an off day training wise. So we met and talked about her fitness and she told me at the beginning of the year, I want to, I want to get better at swimming. Listen, we're going to get better at swimming. She's swimming like four days a week, hates swimming, fucking hates it. And so, uh, she said something and I said, yeah, you know, skip that run tomorrow. I'll do some yoga. And I was like, you know, might be a good time to get an extra swim. She's like, ah, I was like, listen, you told me you want to get better at the swim. You don't have to go swim. That's all I had to do. Because she knew. She stepped back and she was like, oh, 
okay, well, I guess I should probably go swim then. So it's just a, it's, it's just a matter of presenting it in a way. And for me, this is what I love. You know, if, if you've got five different people, I may have said this last time, I've realized in like the past two years that my gift to the world, if you will, is the ability to effectively communicate. It's taking one thought or idea or topic or answer and presenting it in five to eight different ways so that five to eight different people can hear the same message in the way they need to hear it. That, for me, that's my high. That is mental jousting. It's like, what can I say to you right now in this moment that's going to change what you're thinking? For me, I can't say the same thing to Nick. Can't say the same thing to her, right? It all takes a different delivery me- different delivery mechanism, different words, different strategies. That's the part that I love about the mental mastery stuff because when you really unlock somebody and you see that light come on, man, that's good shit. That's really good shit. So I don't know if that answered your question, but that, that's, that's where I, I like to go with it because I like it to be... I want to I want to make people challenge themselves. I can challenge them, but it doesn't always stick. You know, if people find a way to challenge themselves through call it manipulation, call it coercion, call it psychology, if they challenge themselves, they'll hang on to whatever lessons they learn. Well, let's manipulate and coerce DJ into whatever his next fitness challenge is going to be. Oh yeah, I like this one. What? Where's your interest right now? I know you were uh, liking that bike trainer for quite a while. Man, I, I've gotten off of it a little bit. I uh, uh, that's actually it. I'm getting back on it, and one more, uh, 100 mile was my longest ride. I don't think I'm going to do another uh, sacrifice September the way I did at that time. Uh, but I want to work up to a long ride on that thing, and I don't know how far yet. And uh, I also want to work up to a. a uh, really long spin because you can get a lot of vicious spin workouts on that bike yep and so uh getting back on that i, I think is where my motivation that's is a non, right now. non-committal answer yeah. so what are you what are you doing next was the question yeah. do we that, need to rephrase the question for him maybe he didn't pick it up no <laughs> it, it, it is it i just haven't put a distance or a total in mind uh well, let's do that now it's a great time I, I really like vote. where this is going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people people can comment and what you said. Please, one oh one. Matter of fact, people you people need to comment you know right what? now. One oh two on what his next challenge should no. be. I think we should let the viewers. <laughs> how many do we have? We should let the we viewers. Have nine. So we should let the viewers nine. go fuck themselves. We should let. <laughs> the I love viewers. you guys. I love you guys. Matter of uh, fact, send one, them in for sure now. After that, one fifty. One fifty. One fifty. Okay. The other thing that I've really been curious about, I've really wanted to do, is get on a bike outside. Yeah. Uh, and fortunately, I know a friend who might have an extra bike that I could borrow at some point to at least explore. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to go out, check I got out. a garage full of them. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I got any type of bike you want, but an e-bike. <laughs> what about a, what? a tiny person bike? A what? I, I could get you a tiny you person bike. How, how short, bike. How short like your wife? So, so here's, no, here's what we need to do. We need to ride from here to the drop zone, do a jump, and ride back. Oh my gosh, I'm totally down. <laughs> I mean, come on. I did it my first jump. You fools can do it. I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about the ride. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How how long would it take to ride that far? Uh, Hour and a half. That's not horrible. No, no, no. I'm not going to say I'm not going to work to get an hour and a half ride in, but I'm positive I can. I uh, no, you got to, but you got to be able to ride three hours because you're an hour and a half there. Go jump. Yeah. No, I might hate myself afterwards, but I can I can understand that, and we'll document it for the viewers. Yeah. It's a nah, nah. Okay, I'm on board. Um, yeah. Is there somewhere where I can direct people to like contact you or get information about your absolutely bike stuff? Yeah, so uh, there's two different ways um, on all the social channels. You got uh, Mind Right Endurance, M I N D R I G H T Endurance. Uh, Mind Right. 
Gotcha. Yes. And then uh, um, my personal venture is, is Mental Mastery. And actually on the socials, it's Mental Mastery MM because some asshole took Mental Mastery and there's that. <laughs> and he's probably not even using it, you know? He's not actually. I've checked. <laughs> right. <That's laughs> but it's for happening. sale for like $1,900. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Exactly. Bro. I, don't, I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that. But yeah, um, I can absolutely be reached out on there. You know, and, and it, we were talking about, you know, kind of depression and, and that type stuff. And um, so last year when COVID kind of hit and everything shut down, I realized that, well, I enjoy public speaking. I enjoy getting gigs, going to businesses, going to the Air Force Base and talking to people and, and interact with people. And that obviously all changed. And so I started up this coffee chat. So every Monday morning at 7.30 a.m., we do a coffee chat, and it's like an 8 to 15-minute kind of presentation, roundtable talk, and people come in on the Zoom room. We live stream it. And what I've found from that is that sometimes people actually don't want the answer. Like a lot of the people that come to that, they're not looking for an answer. They're looking for an idea. Then they'll go and search on their own. I mean, the amount of people that have reached out to me because, you know, when you do stuff like this, you don't know who sees it. I mean, you don't know who listens to your podcast. I don't know who's going to download this. But at some point down the road, I'm sure you've both been, someone's come up to you, man, I've been listening to your podcast. You're going, fuck, I had no idea, right? I apologize every time. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Here's 10 bucks. Sorry. Um, but but you don't know that. You know, it's kind of like you throw the rock in here and you don't see the wave that it creates. And, and I've had multiple people come up and they're like, man, I've been following your coffee chats for like three months. And I'm like, bro, say something. I had no idea you're there. You know, give me the old social digital currency, like give me a thumbs up and all that fun stuff. But you don't know that. And so I can just continue to put it out there. But what I find is people come up after the fact, not in a group setting. They go, hey, man, you said this and it triggered me to do this, this and this. And for me, that's a win. Like I'll give up every Monday for the rest of my life if I can make people just go, hey, man, that that meant something. That I, did something. I, I do think that's my favorite part of doing the Sacrifice September is that people who listen who may not even interact on the show at all, yeah. like we've had people say, man, I heard you guys do this thing, and I did this thing. Yeah, It's like, wow, that's like it's insane to me that the bullshitting that we've done in this room has had any sort of a serious impact on anybody, but it's, it's super a, cool. It's a cool feeling because you step back and go, damn, all right, well, let's, let's keep it rolling. You know, Let's come up with some other way or something else to talk about. Yeah, instead of telling people what to do, like you were saying, you would just inspire them to do it for themselves. Yeah, just create the, create the question. I mean, I listen. I'm I don't want to be told what to do. Yeah, I, I don't. But if you <laughs> if you a if do. you put a thought process out there and it makes me go, huh? Now now take into account that people have to be in. That's the, that's the problem with motivation. People have to be in a place to receive that for that to be the fuel. Right? Motivation is just a fuel to get you going. Inspiration is what keeps you going. Right? So motivation just gets you up off your ass and moving towards a direction. But motivation's fleeting, right? It goes away. It's inspiration. It's setting that goal. It's it's looking up to someone else that kind of pulls you along. It's finding training partners. It's finding people that make you get out of your comfort zone. That's where it's really at. And a lot of people don't understand the difference in those two. And so they go seek out this motivation. I can fucking motivate anybody. Like I have no problem with that. It's how do you keep that fire going afterward? You have to teach them how to get the inspiration. You got to teach them goal setting. You got to teach them, you know, process oriented stuff so that they can continue to check those boxes and move forward. So that's what I think is a, a big common misconception is, is the difference in motivation and inspiration for a lot of people. We can find motivation and it feels good for that moment, but it's gone. Then you got to go find more motivation. You got to go to fucking YouTube or wherever, you know? So mm-hmm. I say and, fucking YouTube. And I'm having YouTube. those goals and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, having the goals and understanding the true... I mean, I spent a year and a half of my, my mental mastery, quote unquote, career just presenting on goal setting. So many people don't understand how to set a fucking goal. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like they don't understand. They set a goal, 
but they fall short of it because they don't understand the process to get there. They don't understand the benchmarks. They don't understand the actual steps you have to take. We can sit here and set this goal that he's going to ride 150 miles on his bike. Well, to me, that's baseless bullshit because he didn't say by when. Yeah. You know, true. and he didn't say what his benchmarks were and he didn't say, you know, he didn't give us any other kind of platform. What in the hell are you eating over there? <laughs> We're all at right now. I don't give a fuck away. So, he on. brought so much cheese. He just had cheese. He's had bring cheese. <laughs> this is cream cheese. Uh, I was just actually wondering how many calories are in this. So we've got eight servings, 110 calories per serving. Are you going to tell us you're a vegan next? <laughs> Look over here. I'm a vegan. She's the vegan. <laughs> There's one in every crowd. By the way, that was the Jeremy Jeremy Elsa. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you. He's my asshole so, friend. There's that. She's my vegan friend. So my favorite, <laughs> my favorite thing to do. Cream cheese is all fat. I can have this all day long. This yep. is fine. This is all approved diet. This is uh, a special. Sugar. <laughs> special. There's no sugar in this. What? Okay. That's what's special about this. This is. Uh, Calorie free, in fact. This has zero calories. It's mostly uh, filtered <laughs> water with some uh, natural flavors from some nonsense. Jesus okay. Christ. But this makes this taste delicious. So what's in your right <laughs> hand for people who can only hear yeah. this? Uh, I, I don't even know what you'd really call this. It's I've a seen I've seen it. A strawberry it, fake jam. Yeah, that's fair enough. It looks like yeah. strawberry massage cream. <laughs> it looks should like we a see candle. if it, should we see if it, it works as like massage cream? Dude, pull your shirt off. A candle. Show it's me candle. where it hurts. <laughs> it does look like a candle. I was actually snickering about how ridiculous this looks. I couldn't even think of a good way to yeah, if it, I do both in one hand. I don't think that even does. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop one of them. What's ridiculous is he has eaten several tubs of cream cheese sitting oh, next yeah, to me in I've my life. I've witnessed it. It's regularly he eats. That's that shit I'm into. You know why? Show. Because when I put this strawberry nonsense into this, it tastes like I'm eating a, a cheesecake. It does, <laughs> but I'm getting like does. I'm not getting any sugar. You know, right we were now. talking about tricking the brain. That's what we're that's where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's tricked himself to think, oh, this is cheesecake. Okay, good. Yeah, and that's and how I, it works. And I still fall for it. That's how it works great. right there. <laughs> <That's> so, <funny. laughs> so uh, about this goal of riding bikes from here to the drop zone. Yeah, when are we doing it? Yeah, so is that one of those things where you can just what? like, like you were talking about the lady that you're, um, you know, 36 miles and now she's doing 60. Is that something where like you could just get on a bike and just start doing it? Yes. Like, I mean, so, so here's the thing. When people, and we're just right in line with goal setting, when people say they're going to do that, right? They don't always put all the expectations out there. So when I'm working with an athlete, right, and, and they say, well, I'm going to ride 150 miles. Okay, well, when are we doing it by? Because that's the very first thing. Mm -hmm. Well, such and such date. And then we can reverse engineer it and go, okay, well, by this date, we need to be here. So as a coach, I can understand how to step them there. What happens like with that is people don't always, I guess in life, not just in, in athletics, but people don't always voice their expectations. <gasps> oh, there's a great... Um, quote about expectations and disappointment, and it's amazing. You need to find it. I need to hear you it. Sound yeah. like my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the reason, okay, this is a quote. Um, the reason for disappointment is uncommunicated expectations. F literally, Fucking every disappointment is that. We're done here. Stop. <laughs> Close. Uh, but no, and that's that's it. And so, so you say, you know what? Yeah, I want to do this. I want to ride down there. I want to jump. Okay. Well, how long do you expect the ride to take you? Right? Are you okay with it taking you two hours? Or you want it to take you an hour and 15. And if it takes you an hour and 18, is that a failure? Right? So people don't set the right expectations for this kind of stuff. So therefore, is it something where you can just hop on a bike and go? Honest to God, I could train anybody in this room in six months and you could complete an Ironman. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And I, 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 you, I, you can't train me because I won't do it. I, I say this. 
as well, fuck your mouth is full of cheese and uh, yeah. not sugar. Yeah. It's filthy. And so <laughs> cheese party. So the thing <laughs> is your is idea, that, by the way. So the thing is, is that um, you know anybody can do it. Are you willing to make the sacrifice? Right. Are you willing to dedicate to it? And ultimately, so it's it's commitment, dedication, and execution. Mm-hmm. Those are the three ways to get to any goal. You gotta you have to commit to it. Or you have to you have to um, dedicate to it, and you have to execute on it when you get there, right? So you have to set the plan and move towards it. And that's what people I think really screw up with is, you know, if you were okay with it taking you three hours because you're going to stop eight times because your mm-hmm. ass hurts because bike seats are fucking terrible. Yeah. If you're cool with that, then hey, let's let's, let's dance. Like let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. So. And then we could have that friend that can be like, hey, I could I couldn't do it. Can you pick me up in your SUV? <laughs> You got a bike rack on? You got a big exactly. trunk? Because I'm putting my bike in it. Yeah. <laughs> Pick me up, please. Yeah, and that's that's what I th- that, that quote about expectation was spot on. What? DJ just gave me the most I saw that. disappointed look, I saw that. and I have no idea what it was about. Can I'm I good. cry? No. Okay, great, great. No. Is it the bike thing? It, it, no. it kind of looked like, what the fuck did you get me into? But <laughs> it was either that or no. something you 100% unrelated, and I'm going to go with it was that sad. No, I actually have a date and a time, but I'll talk about it privately. There we go. Yeah, Boom. No, I was looking at my uh, ride last year. Yeah, yeah. I looked at the, the, the time it took me, the yep. distance I rode, so... I just wanted to look at some things before I gave an answer. My yeah. answer's been noncommittal because partially I've pulled back a little bit of my life uh, publicly. I'm trying. I'm, I'm pulling back a little private, keeping things a little bit more private for yeah. various reasons. Um, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll talk. I, I actually have a date and a time. I'll give it to you. There when we go. Get See, off, that, that's done. how shit happens right there. Yeah. yeah. But but that's the thing. Like so so now he's already you know two thirds of the way there because he he now in his brain knows oh it's going to be about this point in time. Mm-hmm. Well, we can reverse engineer the hell out of that. And we can get there. And and it's just setting the expectation of what do you want from the day? Like I said, in six months, I could get anybody in this room to do an Ironman. It's going to be fucking miserable. So don't think it's going to be peaches and cream. Mm-hmm. But on my third or fourth one, it was possibly the easiest training day I had had, the race itself, because I trained so hard. It was the easiest day that I'd had in the last six months. Ooh, right? Yeah. So I'm training for a half marathon. Yeah. And so, yeah, I really hope that oh, race fuck. day comes ac- and I'm just like, oh, I have so much energy. If you if you do the training right, you will absolutely you'll be out there and you're going to go, huh, this is autopilot, right? Because it's an aerobic it's an aerobic effort. It shouldn't cost you much physiologically. You should be able to run along and chat and fucking take shots at mile 12 if they've got them on course, <laughs> right. you know, which is probably not covid friendly. But um, yeah, I mean, does that you, happen? Oh, that's, dude. that's standard, bro. So there's there's two things. There's cyclocross. That's a completely different world. So it's off-road bike racing they do in parks where they go like up levees and all kinds of crazy stuff, mud and hills, and they'll do like whiskey hand-ups. You like climb up this little small hill and there's somebody with a shot glass, a plastic shot glass, and you grab it and down it. And then um, a lot of the rock and roll marathons, specifically just about any race you can find in New Orleans. I like that you just said rock and roll marathon like I'm supposed to understand. Like well, I'm supposed to know that exists so, already. So rock and roll is like it's a brand of marathons, right? So it's like Iron Man is a brand. Rock and roll is a brand. And uh, and, and they have a, a band every one mile on their running courses. And they're a half or a full marathon. And a lot of them, uh, and I say that because the one in New Orleans, man, you could be drunk by mile eight if you stopped and took something, everything everybody was handing up. Like there's jello shots. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, yes, that's absolutely a thing. I don't know how I could run with alcohol. It's pretty fantastic. Uh, beer Mile? Are we familiar with Beer Mile? No. Oh, man. Oh, that one I know. So, of. you, you yeah. go to a track, right? And there are actually, like, there are there are world records mm-hmm. for the Beer Mile. There are legit rules. It can't be a light beer. You can't crush the can. You can't pierce the can. All this other stuff. 
And uh, basically, you're standing in this one area that's a sanctioned like 10-foot box on the track, uh, which is frowned upon because of schools, but whatever. Typically, they're last minute, like, hey, show up at this location. We're doing this tomorrow. Boom, go. Like, you don't know about it until it happens. And so <laughs> so you start off the race, and you, you chug a beer, and you run one lap on the track, quarter mile. It's not that far, right? We could all do that. Drink another beer, quarter mile. Drink a beer, quarter mile. Fourth one, drink a beer, quarter mile. Let me tell you, by lap three, you don't know where the fuck you're at. It, it hits you because your heart rate's so high and you're, you're trying to run it. You know, my fastest beer mile was like a 715. And that's including that's drinking. Including, it's drink. including drinking. Wow, time, that's amazing. Right? But here's the rule though if you, if you throw up, it's an extra lap. <laughs> so you got to run an extra lap while you're completely drunk. Oh it's, wait a minute. It's impressive. Do I have to run an extra lap every time I throw up? No, it's just, just once. It's just, I'm in trouble. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's how you make fitness fun. You know, there's things like that where you, you play with your fitness. That was our epic bike adventure. Like, let's just go play with fitness. Let's not be serious. Let's not care about numbers. Let's go and, I mean, fuck for my ultras. I eat pizza, fried chicken, pizza, like Oreos. Like, let me, whatever, whatever dense calories I can get because I'm operating at such a, a low aerobic level that my body still has blood in my gut where I can process these foods. So pizzas are phenomenal. Like, went to Cineholic the other day. Just, just wanted to How was it? Is that your first time going? No, no. Uh, my sister-in-law was in town and God damn, my mouth was in love. <laughs> oh, at that place. Mm. Have you heard us talk about Cineholic? Yeah, I have not. It's oh. a gourmet cinnamon roll place. Okay. It's just right over here by on Costco. the other side of Pearland. Yep, right by Costco. Okay. And uh, man, it is super delicious. Uh, it is coincident. Well, I'm not coincidentally. I think maybe by design, it's actually vegan. It's everything there is plant based. Shut up. But you would never know. So it's good for you, they, right? They, they don't really market that because you know, the people that are looking for that know how to find out. Right. But people that find that out are generally turned off by right, it if right. they're if they don't subscribe so, to that diet. So we went. I, I took my. Uh, we it was last uh, last spring break. We went up to I think it was Breckenridge. We took my kids. I'd never been skiing, so we took my three kids. My two stepsons, my wife and me, we go up there. And so we're going around uh, Breckenridge and we go in this little pizza place. This is, I guess, two years ago. We go in this little pizza place and uh, we sit down. We're like, man, pizza after a day on the slopes. Like, let's have a pizza and a beer and we'll chill out. I think I know exactly what pizza place you're talking about, too. <laughs> so this girl walks up and uh, and she goes, oh, you know, welcome in, blah, 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 whatever. And she goes, yeah, you know, we're all, we're a plant-based pizza place. We look around, we're like fucking hungry but all right whatever you know and so and so they're talking about it and uh and so my stepson he goes you guys got any sausage <laughs> so she, so she goes without missing a beat she goes yep well no we have we have this stuff that's you know processed beet nuts or whatever the hell it is you know and and, and she goes she goes i haven't had sausage in in six years but this is this is really good so they bring it out and my daughter she uh she's 16 now Without missing a beat, she's the sweetest little girl, and she goes, she starts eating the pizza, and she goes, well, the, the concept's good, but the pizza's terrible. <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. Oh, yes, cauliflower encrusted peaches. Or I don't fucking know what it was. That terrible. was very sweet of her. It was she, <laughs> like, the concept was She's good. like, the concept is good here, <laughs> but the pizza is nicest 16 year old I've ever heard of. <laughs> right. Man, you guys had a really great idea and did terribly with So, her. have yeah. you eaten there? No, actually, the, the vegan one, no, because I wasn't okay. vegan when I went. You, you would want to become not vegan if you go there. It's, right. it, don't go there. It's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sure they're great people, but. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, the good, concept good is good. The concept is great. You might as well lick the underside of the pan, though. But um, so anyway, that was my little story on that. What's uh, what's the diet like of most of your endurance athletes? <laughs> 
Uh, that's a good question. Um, What's it supposed to be? Well, so there's obviously, you know, with nutrition, there's varying schools of thought, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of times it's more about just figure out what works for you. Um, you know, for, for my, my second Ironman, I was fueled. I, I prefer, I prefer liquid intake, but I like, I like good reward foods, right? So pizza, mm-hmm. Oreos, I'm a, I'm a sugar holic. I mean, I probably should cut that out of my diet and I probably lean up a lot, but, um, and so for my second Ironman... I, I know some really good uh, sugar-free strawberry jam that you can no, get. Good. That looks like it, a it's candle. a good concept, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, uh, you know, like, I was fueled by Oreos that race. I literally ate two sleeves of Oreos during an Ironman, uh-huh. right? And so so it's about what your body can handle. It's about what your body processes well, especially under, under load. Um, I always recommend kind of a liquid-based nutrition. So essentially in one you, kind of... Are you talking about while you're in a race, liquid-based nutrition? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Are you talking like normal lifestyle nutrition? Yeah, like just, just, just in general. Like what uh, if, if you're you know coaching someone and, and paying attention to their nutrition might be part of that? Is that something you guys... It is, yeah. Okay. I'm actually uh, I'm nutritionally certified by Ironman. So I'm a nutritional coach. Okay. Where the f- Pay $1,000, we'll give you this fucking piece of paper, <laughs> right? Um, and so... You know, typically you recommend people to have good whole foods, you know, proteins after your workouts, all the, the standard stuff. But it depends because I find that that becomes one more neurotic point for a neurotic person to hold on to, right? So if they're if they're analyzing, and, and there's a lot of times endurance athletes are, they're so dialed into pacing and heart rate and all these metrics that honestly, God, it becomes exhausting and they get burnt out on it at times. And so, you know, with nutrition, I keep just kind of a light overview. I just make sure they're getting in enough, right? I had an athlete who was training for her first Ironman, I don't know, five, six years ago. And she was a lean girl and she was gaining weight and she was about 10 weeks out from Ironman. I'm going, holy fuck, like you are, you're putting in a hundred mile bike ride and you're running 15 miles after, like you shouldn't be gaining weight. So we start talking about it. Well, and I think it's, it, I think that it's primarily or predominantly a female thing of that, like, I don't want to get fat, so I'm not going to eat kind of concept. And so she was eating. We started tracking it with my fitness pal, and she was eating 1,200 calories a day, and she was burning 2,500 to 3,500 a day. She was wow. eating 1,200. So what does your body do? Your body goes, well, fuck store. you. I'm taking all this, and I'm going to tuck it here, and I'm going to tuck it here because, well, you may not feed me again. Mm-hmm. And so she was gaining weight, and so we upped her. We doubled her caloric intake, and she leaned out, I mean, within – Three or four weeks. Isn't that Very interesting? Quick. Your body goes, because when we're doing that, we're manipulating the body's energy systems, right? We don't, the body doesn't know that we're exercising. The body thinks we're under attack. You look at sympathetic nervous system, it's sitting there going, or central nervous system, it's sitting there going, well, fuck, we're being attacked. If you do an Ironman, I did a test for, I think I told you guys this last time, but I did a test for um, Memorial Hermann Ironman Institute. And basically, it was me and five other people, and they did a blood draw. They did like a full panel, full workup before the swim. Uh, after the swim, before the bike, after the bike, before the run, and then after the race. And they went and they ran all these numbers. And uh, they tracked, you know, kind of what you ate and, uh, you know, sodium intake and things like that. And basically, I sat down with a head sports scientist. And what he taught me is there's these things in your brain called the interleukins, right? And the interleukins respond, like, for example, the primary result was your body thinks when you do an Ironman, your body thinks it's getting the flu. So it doesn't know that you're just exercising. The body goes, fuck, I got the flu. I got to send these resources. And so he noticed that because there were ketones uh, in my urine. So he's able to identify that and track, basically track that backwards and go, hey, your body's reacting this way with these reactions. 
So it's like the flu. So his theory was that there is some, uh, there's some, I don't know if it's a seaweed. I don't remember what it is. There's some shell or something off the coast of New Zealand that they put into some type of supplement that actually blocks the interleukins from firing, right? So we had this conversation. We're talking about it. His concept or his theory was that you could take this supplement and essentially trick your body into not treating it like the flu and therefore get more performance out of yourself. Because what happens when your body thinks it's under attack, it shuts down. It starts protecting all the organs, the brain, all that stuff. And so obviously, you know, the more dehydrated you get, the more dangerous it is. And so uh, the, the biggest thing is, is that the biggest takeaway is that it's, it's not really, at that level, it's not really healthy. Doing an Ironman is not healthy for you. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit what you think. It is not healthy because of what the body goes through. You're just pushing your body to the limit. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. what the body goes through from from a physiological standpoint. Um, you know, the, the problem is, is when you finish an Ironman, you will be the most physically fit you have been in six months, but you will be the most fatigued that you've been in that same amount of time. So typically they say the typical recovery for an athlete after a race, and the nutrition plays into this, the typical recovery for an athlete after the race, if they nail their in-race nutrition, is you take the distance of the race, so an Ironman's 140.6 miles, you divide that in half and that and put that in days. So 70 days before you're back physiologically. We're talking, what is that, two, two and a third, two and a quarter months? Two and a quarter months. Crazy. Right. I've heard of the same about um, through hikers that do like the Appalachian Trail. Yep. By the end of it, their body is just totally shot, completely wrecked. Yeah. Right. And and it's and and it's it takes if you nail your nutrition on the day and you're not extra dehydrated and you take in all your calories and stuff, you know, obviously you'll bounce back a little quicker. But you know, the biggest thing, like I was saying earlier, the biggest thing is that it's it's about it's about people taking in the right amount of calories, mm-hmm. not necessarily the right calories. Right. I have the my school of thought for myself is if you get the fire hot enough, it'll burn. Now, obviously, time will catch up with me. Metabolic yeah. processes slow down. I mean, I think about that like, are calories calories? I'm not sure. Like, right. uh, as as a hundred uh, calories from your Oreos the same as a hundred calories from you know whatever natural food that I decided to strawberry fucking my cream cheese <laughs> strawberry candle. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's gonna be my favorite. Food. What's your favorite food? Oh man, I'm super into strawberry candle it's right now. Strawberry candle, is super good. <laughs> it's lit. Strawberry candle, it's, it's just like a cheesecake. <laughs> but you know, when I think about it. You know, like, we are literally composed of the food that we eat. And it's like, man, do I want to be built out of like lean meats and vegetables or do I want to be built out of some Oreos? You judge, Oreos. You judgmental motherfucker. Hey, I want to be a double stuffed Oreo, is, motherfucker. This is the thought that keeps me from eating at Cineholic every day because well, I because I but would. But it's vegan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's healthy. good. Yeah. I told my sister-in-law, hey, we're going to go get some vegan food. And she was not happy with me at all. You're she like, was not joking. having it. No, I did never, I'd never told her a joke. I'm like, no, you're really going to like it. And I'm like, no, you got to be open-minded. It's great. God. And then we finally told her what it was, and she's like, okay, I'm interested. I'm down. Oh, okay. Yeah. My sister-in-law is also a very... Uh, it was a surprise, a good surprise vegan. It was a great, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but she... There was a lot of things she's never eaten when she was visiting us. Like, do you just eat meat and potatoes? <laughs> very simple, very basic uh, eater. Right. Uh, doesn't eat a lot of different things, so almost anything we ate was different for her. Yeah. yeah. So, so telling her vegetarian was a lot... Of, no, vegan was a lot of fun. <laughs> And your hair looks good. Thank you. It's falling out. Um, <laughs> well, there's that. The yeah, it's fall, the, fall, the fall, smell. Passes. The smell when you walk into Cineholic is insane. Every time, every time I go in there, man, it's like it hits me like a ton of bricks. It's so great. I still haven't gone. So I, what? I don't know. I, I think ha, ha, what? I don't know because I'm not a big sweet person. Okay, so, so uh, Veronica is a. Uh, 
becoming less new uh, person at the drop zone. She works in the office. She works in Manifest. Yeah. And we've been talking about having another uh, epic cheat day. She, had, I don't think she listens to the podcast. She might. She probably doesn't know that oh, we right. do a podcast because she's new here. Yeah. Do you like but the four restaurants and do. Oh, restaurants are open. We can fuck this oh. is on. Oh, my God. Where do I sign up for that? <laughs> I know it's good. But I'll let you know. I'll cheat with you guys. I the, mean, I'm down. The, <laughs> yeah. the places that we had on the list so I've far, Mellow Mushroom Pizza. Uh, Cineholic was on the list because she's, she's vegan also. You guys to get along. Okay. Pizza without cheese is awesome. I love pizza without cheese. Moving on. So uh, <laughs> as we have a pile of cheese. Right? I, Don't, I was vegan for like nine years. And this cheese, man, I was wrong. I used to love the red baby bells. Those were my yeah, jam. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'll sorry, enjoy cheese. one. You mean candle. <laughs> no, no this is not bells? candle. You know no, what's funny is there jam. is actually wax uh, wrapped yeah. around this cheese. We it could is. make a candle out of the out of the cheese. There we go. Yeah. But, I would like uh, sculpt stuff with that. And well, I'll give you some of the wax. Yeah. You can It'll bring back memories. You can make a, like a nostalgic. Yeah, they, they can miss cheese at the same time. <laughs> Next week we're gonna hear from Elsa and she's eating meat. She's like, Nick got me hooked. The cheese has something on I'm the way. She's eating baby bells now. Like that's my only my only thing. <laughs> I'm a vegan, except baby bells. Well, except for the old baby bells. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we all have our vices. It's like her cocaine. <laughs> right. I don't tell anybody and then look, I'm just in the corner eating baby We all have bells. our vices. You know, it is what it is. And it kills me. Bernie's Burger Bus is not open anymore. I think that they might actually still be open. Did they reopen? Did they shut down? I think that they shut down. I, it was my understanding they went out of business. Will you look up Bernie's Burger Bus? Yeah, and see if my, it's still there. In the, hey, in Texas the, is open. It might as well be open, right? I but, hope so, dude. Have you heard of Bernie's Burger Bus? I've not until just now. Well, duck a fuck, man. Have you had <laughs> Stomp's Burger? Yes, dude. That place is legit. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yes. Jack's is still one of my favorites. Have you had? Have you had the old Grazia van though? I have not, dude. man. I need to. Wednesday night we're having. Oh no, I'm sorry. Saturday night we're having our. Uh, we're at, at uh, six o'clock. It'll be at the man cave down here. Okay, I still don't know where that's at. Oh, it's just. I, I know where I know what road it's on. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. I'll send you the address, but yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's coming out for camp and, and going to serve those burgers. They're, they're legit. Saturday night. Yeah, about uh, yeah. six to eight o'clock. We'll be out there. Bernie's is still closed. Yeah, I think that'll work out. <laughs> I mean, you know, no, 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 I need to talk to Valerie. But I think that'll work out. Does Bernie's look out of business closed? Oh, very. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, closed. very. That's depressing. That's sad. <laughs> yeah, but phenomenal. on the list, so Voodoo Donuts. Yeah. Elsa, have you been there? Oh man, is there a vegan option? They have vegan donuts. Dope. I'm <laughs> down. <laughs> Mellow mushroom pizza. Yeah. Uh, Velvet taco. I'm not sure about uh, vegan um, options of Velvet Taco. You're going to have to look into that. I can pretty much customize a lot of things. And then Cineholic uh, for uh, the goddamn cinnamon rolls at the end. That's a good that's yeah. four, that's four. That's four rolls. places. I really think five was a mistake. I, but uh, I did not. I didn't pace myself. Like restaurant number one, that, that burger is giant. I the, paced myself, and I think five was uh, the limit by far, and four is smart. By far, I think four is smart. Food, dinner, or food, dessert, food, dessert. I think we're going dessert, dessert, food, food, dessert. Cap it. So start with dessert, two restaurants, end with dessert. Man. That's the strategy so far. And some of that might be just a geographical convenience of Holy where these crap, places are. They have a bunch of vegetarian options. Oh, they have the fried cauliflower one, right? Yes. That is super on and point. And paneer. I love paneer. So, yeah, I'm totally good. I just got not hungry all of a sudden. Cauliflower <laughs> <laughs> donut? Dude, no, it's uh, no, we're talking about tacos. Oh, I was like, cauliflower donuts? No, dude. Terrible. Like, How do you even fry it? Count me out. Have you <laughs> have you checked out glazed donuts? <clears throat> There's one here. It's like on Old Spanish Trail. Uh, 
Is it vegan? I, I don't know. You'd have okay. to look. That's her default question. You're like, hey, are you going to go to the movies next week? Are they vegan? Are they vegan? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. They're, they're movies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, probably not. Um, which one did we go to last time? We went to Voodoo Donuts. And, you know, I yep. didn't love it. It was a whole bunch of okay. I've had better. Uh, the original Voodoo Donuts, I believe, is in Portland. And I had donuts there when I was vegan. This is... Uh, I had about well, half a go. donut there. I, ha- called, I had portions of everybody's. Is it called glazed the donut? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. I'm looking. They've got some really beautiful looking donuts. Is there a website you're going to called isitvegan.org? Because <laughs> yeah, it can't be, be a dog. Oh, those, those Help me good. stay vegan.org. Dot <laughs> 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 net. It's big like stop signs on top of certain restaurants. <laughs> yeah. Don't support these people. They Man. hate things. Uh, man, I'm getting hungry now. Now, what, I'm just what, do we need to add anything the, else to that list? Man, uh, I think dessert. Food, I really, food, I think pizza, pizza. We talked once about doing this with just pizza and desserts. Pizza, pizza. Not C- Little Caesars, but like Star. Or was that one? Star no? Pizza is great. Mellow Mushroom is great. I love Mellow Mushrooms. Uh, I've been to Pink's, but I don't remember it being amazing. But. Yeah, I haven't been in forever. Center Court's always awesome. Dude, Center Court has such a good cheese pizza. Straight up cheese pizza, dude. They nail it. Have you had their calzone? Mm, I don't think so. You like Center Court? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the calzone is just a giant piece of crust. It's If you like Center Court's crust, the calzone is is off the hook. It's lit. Straight. Lit. Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. Hold on. Before I ask you what your favorite cheat meal food is, what the what, why are why are these things so lit? What's happening? Is this just things that young kids so, are saying so, that you hate? No, so 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 we play a little Call of Duty, tight, and uh, yeah, and <laughs> that, that word has always bothered me since I was thirteen years old. Those are we're first mocking the person who. Did. Okay, so yeah. I don't know if my my brother and his buddy Joe are watching or not, but uh, we'll play. And there's a guy we play with, and and, <laughs> and this is a, this is a grown man, and we're playing, and and there's several phrases he says, right, and one of them you're like, all right, man, we're gonna go over here, and you know, we're gonna get this car. He goes lit. <laughs> The fuck does that? Does like? he say? Are the you word? coming to the car? Or no, tight. <laughs> and then he's like, "All right, man, you know we're gonna get our loadout drop." He's like, "Tight." What the about f- the word "bet"? Does he use the word "bet"? I haven't heard that one yet. Mm, but he, he has this thing in his we brain. About that one. I actually, I, I will use the word "bet gaming." Yeah, he he has this. See, that makes sense when you're gaming. I want you to be like, I want to say, "Man, I got cineholic today," and you're like, "Yo, bet." bet. <laughs> done, done. Yeah, that, I mean, yes. we're not. Um, you know, hipping with it. It's I like, like it for the right thing. Kids, bet so is use that. bet is one that I like, but would still only say ironically. Yeah. Same, same with no cap. I uh, I don't know that one. No that cap. One. I, <laughs> I I ran I ran a six minute mile today. No cap. No cap. Low key. <laughs> low, low key six mile. Low, low key six minute mile. <laughs> because I game a lot. I I know a lot of like words that I use that are probably not words forty seven year old men use. And we were at Christmas this last or uh, my fi- my family in law my. Sister-in-law's house this last Christmas. My nieces heard me use words, and they were like, "What the?" F-? It, it almost like Don't I would say that. They were so mad. mad. <laughs> They're like, "You're too old for." They accept it because my my wife Valerie and I are the this we're, we're the youngest of all the aunts and uncles, and we're the skydiving aunt and uncle. We're the we're the cool ones. Cool. We're the, yeah. the lit aunt and uncle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the, we're woke. <laughs> you guys, you are, you are fucking woke. You guys are fire. <laughs> no, I'm Asian, dude. I ain't woke. <laughs> 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 that's wrong yeah that was a 47 uh, year old joke that was, yeah. was. Dude, you ain't gonna have kids to have dad jokes 100 nope. percent. nope i i listen i i play racquetball with old men 
right? My wife just keeps sending these like old man emojis. How was racquetball old man emoji? I'm like, stop. <laughs> like, it's a hard game, okay? Right. <laughs> I so, know. I, got, I, I love that. Story. Especially oh, with your too. onset of osteoporosis. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Go fuck yourself. That's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit I'm going through right now. That is a horrible well, joke. Got the arthritis coming next. Yeah. No, it's beyond. Yeah, my left shoulder is fucked. Yeah. Oh man. Sorry, you can still ride 150 miles though. Oh, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not exactly excited because uh I, I'm not hundred percent sure 150 is gonna be the end number with the date I gave myself. Yeah. I, I'm thinking if I might push it higher. I just have to do some math in my brain. Um but yeah, anyways, back to that later. Yeah. I like that. Uh, lit. Do um, I, so they do <laughs> have <laughs> vegan <laughs> options at Glaze the Donut. They do. They do. They do. They do. Hey, do I get extra points if I, uh, like hipster points, if I ride uh, to the drop zone and back on a fixie? On a fixie? Yeah. Only if you have skinny jeans with one leg rolled up, I'm yeah. down. Okay. okay. I'll do that too. <laughs> that, I don't not, that's <laughs> What bet? <laughs> that, that's, that's his life. What? You no, just what? said dress normal and ride a no, bike, bro. I don't know cat. what you're going to do with those points, but you'll get them. I'll Fuck give you yeah. all the fucking points you want. Oh my god, I'm gonna eat vegan for the entire day too, just for yes. Elsa. Oh yes, yes. We'll we'll ride our fixed gears together. Actually, it's not a fixed; it's just a single speed. <laughs> I can I can pedal backwards, but I can't switch gears. So, <laughs> well, there's that. No commitment. This is gonna happen. This is gonna happen. We're yeah. gonna ride down there. We're gonna jump. We're gonna ride back. I'm excited. I have you know over the last week, Adam Chamberlain actually planted, uh, uh, or maybe he watered a seed that uh, that was already there about uh, getting a bike. Like I love riding a bike i love the idea of riding a bike around but man houston drivers are so scary yep 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 yeah i mean the, the roads are just not built for bicycles and uh and we've worked uh, a lot i mean we've worked a lot with uh, the local pearland uh kind of leadership to get get some bike safety yeah, like stuff going here riding we work in the hard neighborhoods that. here yeah that, that terrifies me a lot less yeah riding down um you know even 521 on a bike Man, that's scary. It is. Five twenty one could be kind of be kind of sketchy for sure. But uh, that's scary to drive down. Yeah, it, but it's 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 definitely it's it's definitely you know sketchy. But the thing is, is that you know just like driving when you're in a in a foreign town, like if you go to Austin, you don't go there a lot. And there's tons of traffic and not the infrastructure for it. Sure. You're a little bit more on alert when you're driving. You're a little bit more head on a swivel. Um, and, and kind of just like going, what the hell's going on? I'm looking around. Same thing with cycling. You just, you just ride. I prefer to ride a little more offensively. And so I try to, I try to be a little bit more seen, whether it's with the clothing that I pick or with, you know, my positioning in the road. Yeah. You know, (laughs) actually I just figured out when I got here, you said, Oh, take your shoes off. I got a hole in that sock. See there, there's that guy. But, uh, these are my cycling socks, right? Nice and bright and you can see them. So, and also, I mean, education to the drivers right because drivers around here or wherever might not be just looking for bikes they're like i never see bikes so i don't have to correct you know and that's something that i mean i don't know that that will ever get fixed i mean even across the across the country there was unfortunately there was an accident in uh in vegas and they had a a follow vehicle on this group and they were on a pretty main road though so that's like when i play in these camps and stuff i've got people coming here and i'm responsible for those souls like i'm responsible for those people's safety mm-hmm. and so we have follow vehicles and stuff and basically they were riding into a hard wind and this group of six gets behind the vehicle to kind of shield from the wind a bit and this guy was in a it was like a small u-haul truck was texting on his phone and he literally just he hit him so hard that the car then bump the cyclist in front of the car. And so obviously those six people have passed away. Oh my God. But it's, it's, I mean, you, yeah. what the hell are you going to do about that? If you're in that yeah. car, you end up with whiplash. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's just, that's just kind of the, the world. So, so yes. you do have to, you do have to ride a lot more aware, head on a swivel, a little bit more aggressively is not the right word, but you ride a little bit more aggressively. You can ride a different position in the road. What I find is when I'm riding, 
if so the the law states that that in the state of texas that a a bike can take the lane as if it were a car a lot of people don't know that and they don't like that cars are going to win the battle every time Mm -hmm. but in theory you're supposed to ride kind of as far to the right as you safely can the problem is is if you're riding and you're on a two-lane road and you're riding up next to the white line there's a car coming this way inevitably the car behind you thinks that they can squeeze between you and that car Mm -hmm. right because they're still in the lane and I've been, I mean, I've had a mirror hit my hip one time. Like, it, it's its going, what in the hell are we doing here? You couldn't wait for 37 seconds to pass me. Yeah. Now but, you scared me from riding outside again. Well, but the thing <laughs> is, I mean, but here, I'm i am driving up here to see uh, Adrian the other day, Grazia, and going through the neighborhood, this guy's tailgating me. I mean, on, and this is like 1130 in the morning. This was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so I stop at the stop sign. I roll a window down. I'm like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? So he proceeds to just berate me backs up and just like rips around me, runs the next stop sign, and wow. I'm in a car. I'm going, bro, it's 11.30 on a Wednesday. Like, what yeah. are we doing with our lives here, you know? much. And, 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 and yeah, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know, much less if you're on a bike. But, yeah, I mean, there, there are definitely hazards with it for sure, mm-hmm. without a doubt. I think in Pearland it's easy because you only ride in packs. I think I've only seen, like, the smallest group of riders I've seen in this city is, like, 12. Um, not completely joking uh and right. they, every single fucking pack has an m on somebody's jersey just saying that's his business is good that's his business. <laughs> I'm, i am not joking the number of times i run across a pack of four or eight or 12 riders yeah um well, only if they're in their in their kit though in their kit in their kit no, uh in their spandex bit bet i almost said bit bet. <laughs> i was combining bet. the two so i'm yeah, making a new word yeah. here <laughs> at your bit yeah <laughs> Uh, hey, we could like continue it. that. We could really make that going. We you know? keep, yeah, let's I mean, let's roll with it. Why not? <laughs> we could definitely roll with it. But <laughs> but you know that's the, the but yeah. There is power in groups, right? For sure. You know, you're more I mean, visible. The thing, my the funniest thing is is we you know when we're out riding, we make jokes as cyclists to each other or triathletes to each other. Is somebody will ride by us and they'll yell at you and they'll say, "Get on the sidewalk!" And it's like, well, it's actually against the law for us to ride our bikes on the sidewalk. It is against the law in Texas. Because it's dangerous for pedestrians. It is in most states, by and, the way, and too. the cracks and all this other stuff, right? So there's an ignorance there. People don't know. The other thing, my one of my favorites, and I've heard it probably ten times: bikes belong in parks. What the fuck does that actually mean? I don't know, but I've been yelled at multiple times: bikes belong in parks. Okay, bro. Like, thanks. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but anyway. Yeah, I guess they're like, oh, you should be riding down Buffalo Bayou. Yeah, like, instead. get the hell out of Get off my road, essentially, is what yeah. it is. It blows my mind that people get that upset. They're uh, so upset about it. Yeah. yeah, why? I've been stuck behind a group of cyclists uh, down colon old, old A65. Yep. And uh, at, there's times I've been in a rush. I'm like, oh, man. But other than like, oh, man, that's but about as mad as I get about Here's the it. other thing, too. And it's not just on the drivers. The cyclists need to be aware, need to look back and go, hey, we've got eight fucking cars behind us. Mm-hmm. Let's just pull over for a half a second. When we stop the stop sign, we're not going to take off right away. We're going to get over. We're going to give space. If there's nobody coming ahead, I will flag people around all day. Hey, come on. Because there's some people that are cautious and don't want to pass you at all. Mm-hmm. So I try to be more aggressive with that and go, let's think about this guy back here because, well, we're in Texas and he's probably got a gun and he's got a <laughs> big ass dually truck with a trailer. He's going to, clean me yeah, let me let me make sure this guy can get by over. me and i don't want to piss him off because if there's no need and but there are other people like oh we deserve the road i'm like oh bro that's a three thousand pound car like i'm not gonna fight that fight so it's it, it goes both ways for people to just hey guess what people just be fucking nice to each other can yeah, we just call it that road like <laughs> yeah. i don't care what you're doing just be nice to each other right mm-hmm. just be kind yeah but, don't be a dick but but <laughs> <laughs> I think we're starting something here. I think this is we are. It's a movement. This is good. This is so, good. Uh, 
you I th- did you say something about steroids, Elsa? Something about roid raging? Oh, just yeah, roid. I, that just, Why'd that you just point planned? at me when you said that? Do you oh, no, I, she's <laughs> like, yeah, Roy, I was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you feel like there's a lot of uh, performance enhancing drugs used in the uh, yeah. triathlete world, even yeah. at the amateur level? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think that it. I think that it probably runs the most rampant in the fifty plus range, forty five plus range. Um, because they can they can call it low T, right? So when I so was you don't tr- think it's the kids cheating? Not as much, I don't think. Fucking kids aren't cheating. Fucking kids. <laughs> I got you there. <laughs> Fucking kids are cheating. Uh, oh, is that what you say when an eight year old's no, kicking that's, your that's ass the and other guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, let's yeah. go up here and murder these kids. I'm like, man, you can't say that. Like <laughs> these kids fucking kids are cheating. Like, no, bro. Anyway. Um tight. And so uh and so How does he say tight? Just like that. Tight, tight, tight. tight. Hey man, we're gonna go for grab his car. I'm gonna get his address. I'm gonna go to his house. Fucking break his PC. But we'll fuck, shoot it. I can do that. <laughs> you that was last. Jesus. Speaking of roid rage, we've had this discussion before. Um, but no, I think that. So when I trained for for my first Ironman, I was training probably 12 to 15 hours a week on an average week. Right, it's a big workload. And uh, a friend of mine was a nurse practitioner, and I had to do a blood panel. So I'm just interested. Right. So if, if normal, I don't remember what the normal levels of testosterone, eight, 800 to a thousand or something or whatever it is. Mine was like 180. So technically I had low T. So technically I could go to a doctor and I could get steroids or I could get testosterone as a, whatever I was, 28, 29 year old male going, Hey man, I got, I got low T. So I could essentially dope easily, very easily. So speaking of the documentary, have you seen Icarus? I have. Yeah. Fuck, dude, that's deep. And, and that is, that is just like the top level. So what happens, especially at the, at the, the highest do you, level, do you want to summarize what happens in that movie for people that so, might not have seen it? So in Icarus, there's an amateur cyclist. Uh, he's doing, he's trying to do the Hote route, which is, is this really hard seven day race. Um, and, and basically he does it and he's like 30th overall and he's a good amateur cyclist. It's only amateur cyclists it's over in Europe. And so he says, well, next year I want to go back, but I want to see, cause he's a, he's a filmmaker. He said, I want to see how much better I can do. If I get on a full doping protocol, if I go through a full doping platform, so he, he tries to hire this guy who's a, a, a high up U.S. Uh, anti-doping, former USADA guy, U.S. anti-doping. And he goes, man, I can't help you. I'm retired. You know, I don't want any of that mess. I got a good legacy, but I'm, I'm going to introduce you to this guy. So he introduced him to this Russian guy. And basically, at the end of the day, he goes through his full doping protocol and somehow gets tied up into the Russian doping sanctions going into, I think, Sochi Olympics. Anyway, it's, if you haven't seen Icarus, I-C-A-R-U-S, go check it out. It is worth your couple hours. Your mind will be blown. You'll sit there and go, what? Not only what in the hell is he injecting himself with, but people actually do this. And guess what? I'll go ahead and spoil it for you. He didn't do a whole hell of a lot better, but he had some mishaps. But... Um, so I think that I, I do think that, that it is, it does happen. Um, you know, and there was a, there was a guy I knew who was, he was in his mid thirties. He owned a bike shop, very successful bike shop up in New York. Um, he was part of this, this team that I was training at one point in time before all this happened. He actually, he got second at Ironman Florida in the age group, just trying to qualify for the world championships, right? Trying to qualify for, for what we call Kona. And, uh, uh, he got random piss test and he popped hot for HGH, like, not just steroids. Like, I'm going next level with it. And here he is. He's not making money doing this, mind you. It's not like he's getting paid to do this. He owned a bike shop. Ultimately, that ran him out of the sport. He sold his bike shop and disappeared out of the world. Crazy. At, I mean, he's 30, 34, 35 years old. Uh, and you think that was 
like that much harm to his reputation because he got caught using those sorts for of drugs. For sure, for sure. Man, I really feel like every professional cyclist is using some stuff like that. It, they haven't caught it yet, right? But but so here's the thing, though. If you step back and look at it, let's look at the NFL. At halftime, they will go in and take an injection in their knee so they can go out and play the second half. Is that performance enhancing? I think it is. I think, I think, so MMA, you're watching MMA stuff. You got a guy that's fighting and he gets, he gets banged up and he can take a shot in the third round that's going to drop the inflammation in his body so that he can continue to fight. I think that's doping. Now, let me tell you this. I don't give a fuck who dopes. If everybody's doing it, get after it. That's your, that's your old body, right? My issue, I'm a huge Lance Armstrong fan. This is always a controversial thing to say, and as a coach owns a large company, I probably shouldn't talk like this. I, I'm, I'm going to back you up. I love Lance Armstrong. But I give zero fucks. The issue that I have with Lance is that he destroyed lives. I don't care if he doped. You can put whatever into your body. I mean, we're sitting here drinking scotch tonight. That's poison, right? People smoking weed. People doing cocaine. People doing... That's their choice, right? And so... If if legitimately it's kind of well known and recognized that everyone's kind of doing it, and in order to compete, you got to do it. Guess what? Tom Brady's going to go in there at halftime and get his knee injected because he's fucking ninety seven years old and his eighteenth Super Bowl, <laughs> right. right? But he going for this legacy. No one will ever fault him for that. But right, there can't be like excuses here and there. But it's not good here. But you can do it here. Correct. You know, so it's like either do it or don't. Yep. You know. Yep. And yeah. so and so the 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 policing of endurance sports and doping, I think has a lot of work to be done a lot of work to be done one of my coaches uh she's a a two-time uh paralympic world champion on the track on a, on a bike on a track and uh she's actually uh an ambassador maybe for uh wada world world anti-doping and so she's kind of big up on the ships right policy and reforms and things like that and you know you step back and you look at it and you go you know could it be done better absolutely do i give a shit i'm watching the tour de france this year for entertainment value I want to see the guy that on day 18, when everyone's in the tank, that can just ride off from everybody else. I want to see that. I don't want a bunch of pansies that are sitting back in the back going, oh, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Fucking send it, dude. That's what I want to see. I want to see the guy who steam, the linebacker that steamrolls the wide receiver coming across the field because he's on, he's on the juice. The big, strong, fast guy. I want to see that. You know? I have an issue with Lance that he destroyed lives. He started targeting people, and he was just a, he was a terrible human being for that. I, I don't understand when you say destroyed lives. I don't I don't really know what that means. It was it was he st- he dug into into his story and his persona and his his essentially his lie so deeply that he started targeting people, not just other cyclists. I don't care about that. You want to call people out? You do you. It's when you start going after you know, your massage therapist, or you start targeting this other cyclist's wife, and you start calling people out and actually changing their lives because you're you're saying these things about them that are unfounded. True or untrue, we don't know, right? So he he was a bad person in that regard to me in terms of being just a, a shitty human being. Phenomenal athlete. What people don't realize with doping is he still had to ride his fucking bike all those miles. I think that's an important thing to note anytime you're talking about performance enhancing drugs. Is it really it's really enhancing your ability to recover, right? A hundred percent. So you have to put in all of the work yep. plus extra but the he, your recovery is what it improves. It doesn't you don't take steroids and become a big strong guy. He's still riding the, the fifteen thousand miles a year in the Alps. He's still putting in the work. It's just that he can put in more work because his body physiologically is bouncing back faster due to this enhancement. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that. 
It's not, it, like you said, it's not just he injected it and was like, oh, I'm a big, strong cyclist now. No, he still had to turn the pedals. The, you know, the football player still got to go in the gym and rip out the weights. You don't just get big and bulky and strong and fast. You still have to put in the fucking work. And from my perspective, he was, he was supremely talented as a junior. He was supremely talented as a young kid, as a young guy. I watched him when he got back in. He got into triathlon uh, right before they banned him down at Galveston. I went there for the entertainment factor. I went there to spectate a six-hour race where you're going to see people for maybe two minutes of the entire race because I want to see Lance Armstrong performing, right? I'm going to go to a circus. I don't give a shit if that guy on the trapeze is on drugs or not. Do a fucking flip. (laughs) (laughs) Bet, right? For real, bet. (laughs) Like, do something, right? You don't want to see me on a trapeze. Let's be real here. Actually, that would right? be more entertaining. Okay, well, there's that. There's that. Okay. Splat. <laughs> but it's like, I, I want to see that performance. That's it's Sports are entertainment. That's what I want to see at that level. So, um, But yeah, I mean, people don't realize that he still had to ride the miles. And I, I, I'll probably get roasted. But you know what? I don't give a shit. No, you're talking me into it. I'm doing steroids tomorrow, man. You won me over. <laughs> I do what I can, okay? I got a guy. No. Um, but, but, you know, the, the thing is, is that it's just people don't appreciate the work that goes into it, right? And so, for example, you look at another person who was incredibly talented but was essentially almost an asshole of a person to an extent, Michael Jordan. He's never been accused of doing drugs. But if you watch the, did you watch the documentary on him? Uh, I didn't finish it. I, I watched a few parts of this. So was that this new one? Yeah. Okay. So when it came to being a teammate, he was a terrible human being to be a teammate with because he demanded more of you than you ever thought you could give. And like a lot of people, they, they interviewed Rodman, and he's like, he's like, listen, you showed up there, Jordan's going to fry you. If you take one playoff, he's going to rip you a new ass. But he made everyone around him better, or they left, right? So in the same sense, as a human being, there's tons of stories about him being an asshole. He's still got to be in the gym shooting the jump shots. Drugs or no drugs, he still has to be putting in the reps. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. And a lot of people like to sit back, and, and we were talking about goals earlier, they don't they don't drive toward their goals because they want to sit back because it's hard. I mean, you you didn't just wake up and go, I'm going to do 30 Murphs in a fucking row. You've got years of progression toward that. You may not have known that was your thing, but you had to put the work in towards it, right? You guys have this podcast and all this equipment and all this stuff because you put the work in towards it. He has. Right? I just show up. Same thing. Whatever. I got Amazon. Fucking sit, on those, <laughs> sit on those coattails, right? But um, but the thing is, is that people don't understand, no matter what you do, you have to put in the fucking work, period. And that's going to be my message multiple times this weekend. I'm going to look at people, and at the beauty of like this triathlon camp we're putting on, I'm going to look at people who are beyond their capability, what they think they can do, and I'm going to demand more of them this weekend. Okay, And there's multiple stories from multiple camps that I've put on to where people are done and I find a way on Saturday afternoon to go, okay, if I asked you to go and ride the next five miles as hard as you can, right? One of my favorite roads. So if you leave the drop zone and there's that little church up there on the left, you're headed north. Sandy you, Point. You take a left and go out Sandy Point. I call it the Woods Road. You go out Sandy Point. That's one of my favorite roads for a time truck because it's quiet. It's wooded. It's like this little special and it's got a little bit of elevation, not a much when you come away from the mm-hmm. river. So we'll go out to Sandy Point this weekend and people are going to be exhausted. I'm going to fry them before they get there. Okay. And what happens is we'll get out there, and I know that if I tell him, I need you to ride this next five miles as hard as you can, he's going to give me 80%. Now, fuck that shit. I want 100. Well, how do I get 100 out of him? I put him with another person or two people. So now he's obligated to do his work for those two people, right? But what people don't realize is you have to do the work. 
whether it's someone dragging you like a training partner or a, a spouse or a coworker or a business partner, somebody has to drag you. That's sometimes what we need. But the work, just like with the drugs, the work still has to be done. You can't just wake up and go, greatness. Greatness is today. You got to do the fucking work. It's not what I learned in Mighty Ducks. Well, fuck a bunch of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Take that flying V. Anyway, bet. So. Or bit? Wait, what'd you say? Either one. Bit, bit. Bit's, bit's the new one. Bit's the new one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's like, I'm excited and I'm good with what you just said. Yeah. That's bit. Cool. Like, I'm excited and good with what you just said. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know. It's just, um, but I do think that it, I do think that there's there's more more drug use out there than people think. I do, you know, because we're not all the same. We're not all physiologically. We're not all genetically the same. I've got an athlete that is insanely talented, and she works her butt off, and really, really talented. She's really fast. You take someone else who works as much as her, they're never going to be as good as her. Genetically, they're just not built for that. Right? They don't have the same muscle fibers. They don't have whatever it is. They don't have the genetics. They don't have the aerobic, the anaerobic capacity, VO2 max, things like that. All that stuff matters. But to get to that highest level like where Lance was, everybody's got that fucking VO2 max up there. Right? That's a gift. That's a genetic gift just to get to that level. Right? And I did, a, I did a, a presentation a while back on what I call the mountain and the lion. And what people don't realize is like when you get up there to that level, right? when you get to that peak or that pinnacle or you're at your goal, that is the hardest piece of ground to maintain when you get up there. It's also the smallest piece of ground to maintain. It's the only spot you'll be in your life where everyone is gunning for you. Everybody. Okay? It doesn't take much to knock you off that top. If you think about literally a physical mountain, it's the smallest piece of ground up top. And the way I like to describe it is, you know, you get up there and, you know, they say everyone wants to be a lion until it's time to do lion shit, right? I love that, like that, that imagery so you get up there and when you get to the peak of that mountain and you look around at the people up there the greats the gretzkys the jordans the all those people of the world you get up there and you look at them their fucking faces are scarred up they bang they battle to stay up there but it's the only place that you'll ever have everyone in the entire world targeting you if you're at the bottom everybody's above you if you're in the middle you got some below and some atop you get to the top everybody's looking at you and they want what the fuck you have takes work to stay up there that's what I don't think people get. I just don't think that people really deeply understand that that when you get there, it's just getting started. Like getting there is just that's just the beginning. You know, and, and I think when people get there, they don't they don't realize how much work it takes to stay there. You look at somebody in the business world that I look up to, you look at Elon Musk, for example. I just watched a little interview with him today. It was like they called it a motivational piece or something. And they asked him, this is probably, I don't know, six, eight, maybe ten years ago. And, you know, they said, he's like, I'm working 22 hours a day. I tell all my people, you want to call me at 3 a.m. because you got a question? Call me at 3 a.m. He's like, I'm in the paint booth. I'm over here doing this. I'm over here doing this. We see Elon Musk as this uber rich guy with these crazy ass ideas who's probably sent to us from another planet. And that year is like 2050, right? Like he's, he's futuristic. But people don't see all the shit he did to get where he's at. We only see where he's at. And so we look around as entrepreneurs and go, yeah, man, I want to get up there. Like, I'll get there. Yeah, he's doing great. He's making all this money. The fucking trials and tribulations. Did you watch SN10? Did you guys watch that launch? Elon Boom Boom Musk. Man, <laughs> bro, are you familiar with it? The, this is the uh, the rocket. The, yeah, the, the, the one that looked like it was having a successful landing. The motherfucker yeah, landed. It was there for like two minutes, and all of a sudden it was like, yeah. boom. I think it was eight minutes. Right. It was, was like it eight minutes. Yeah, eight minutes. Wow. Yeah. 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 And the first one didn't it blow up while it was going. Oh, it's it's it is awesome. Like, yeah. 
These are just toys, right? But what people Best fireworks show ever. Millions Man. of dollars just going. But what people what people don't realize is he goes into that going, I hope it blows up. We learn from that, right? But to get where he's at, to be able to spend this money and to be able to design these products and have these engineers working for him, man, he started off down here. He started off in the weeds. He's up here now, and there are people gunning for him. You look at uh, Amazon or uh, Jeff Bezos is trying to have his company, and you got Boeing with their Star Starfleet, wherever the hell that is, right? Everybody's coming for him. So he's got to work twice as hard now that he's got there. People don't realize that. That's my soapbox. Take it away from me. <laughs> Oh gosh, where do we go now? All I want to all I want to talk about is fitness. I know you too. It's, it's my favorite thing. I, I guess I'm it's down. not my favorite thing, but man, it's just the uh, the most consistent thing. It's the thing that's always been there and always uh, been enjoyable for me. Well, so and, I, what I think I'll cut you off for just a second. Sure. What I think people don't realize with with fitness is you know I'm sitting here saying oh I did this hundred k and I got these people doing these Ironmans and shit, and fitness is just fucking moving. And I think I hope people realized with the pandemic. When we went back to this like essential thing, I hope people realize that we really don't have a lot in this world. You could remove everything from this world, and DJ's life isn't going to change a whole hell of a lot. But Take you take all my power and water away, and I'll still survive. But you make his osteoporosis flare up. God damn, son, and he's fucked. <laughs> right? Seriously, people don't. I think I, I hope that that was the eye-opening experience for some people. I'm afraid that we got short-term, you know, short-term memory loss, and they've forgotten that. But fitness isn't necessarily going out and doing crazy shit like I do. Or doing crazy shit like you do, or doing crazy shit like your hundred, you know, hundred mile ride, or your thirteen mile run, your mar- half marathon. That 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 seems crazy to some people. Sometimes it's just fucking moving, right? So so fitness to me is less about this crazy stuff that we can do, but we've we've worked our way through the process to where we can go and do bigger and bigger things. But fitness is just fucking moving, and that's what people need to do more of is move. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at a lot of these people. Um, that unfortunately have gotten sick with COVID and passed away, and a lot of them have had pre they're, they're finding out now they've had pre pre existing conditions, right? I mean, we all know that obesity and diabetes are running rampant in this country. You know, as a, as a fitness guy and a, and a health nut, like that's a big fucking problem. I see kids on you know my stepson's lacrosse team or their football team, and I'm like, bro, your your ten year old frame isn't meant for that kind of weight, right? And and I I don't think that people value that it isn't going out and running a half marathon it's getting off your fucking ass and just moving so anyway go where you were going with fitness i'm just i'm really passionate about that because i just think that it's more simple than people think it needs to be you don't need this fucking 600 dollars watch you don't need a fucking apple watch you don't need all this go have you heard of the align method um by aaron alexander i haven't hit me with it um it's about movement principles for stronger body sharper mind and stress-proof life and he like i'm listening to it right now and it's basically just like sit on the floor more hang from a tree god fucking hippies you know just fucking tree ruin everything <laughs> you and your cauliflower <laughs> pizzas great concept ideas but it is it's just he's just saying you know like in your daily life like Do don't just sit in your chair then sit in your car then sit on the couch then sit in right. you know just like just do stuff and it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't have to be expensive you know just do stuff yeah and and, and you know we talk of we talk i think the last time we we're here we talked a lot about fitness right it was probably, probably a fitness yeah. conversation and and the thing is is that my fear is that the things that i talk about in fitness i try really hard obviously i haven't tonight but i try really hard not to talk about my own fitness because i I do shit that people go, my, my goal with my fitness is to show up and do something and somebody go, how the fuck did you get that done? You haven't been doing anything. I like to surprise people with my fitness, right? That's my own little fucked up brain. But I don't want 
what I do to discourage someone from just moving, right? Because we like to look around, especially with fucking social media. We like to look around and go, well, they're doing that. Well, I can't do that. Well, they're doing that. Oh, I can't do that either. Well, I'll just fucking sit here and eat my fucking strawberry candle thing. So <laughs> how, how do you uh, not just motivate but inspire those people? Those people who, let's say that there's someone that you care about and you know that this person does not do anything active and you know that they've gained a grip of weight since the whole shutdown thing happened. Bet. And you just said grip and that got me. I did That's not <laughs> gain that much weight. <laughs> He's right I'm here. I'm not talking about you. It's not all about you. So I can, I can talk to you. Me. I can be like, yo, homie, you looking thick. Yo, you what's get, up? You get thick thick over there. Trying, to, trying to get at that booty. What's going on? What does it smell like? Girl? Were they making fun of you earlier? No, we're just, I'm just making shit up. <laughs> no, but I think that's, uh, you know, you see someone who hasn't taken great care of themselves and they need something that's going to get their ass off the couch and get them moving. Yep. And hey, like, I, I'm not saying that you got to keep up with, uh, you know, anyone that's doing anything significant. What do you think about a, you know, uh, physical challenge but what uh how do you grab those people and bring them along so that's a that's a great question because it's something we actually it's an initiative that we just started and we're developing now because i realized that it doesn't take a lot to inspire someone who wants to do something epic epic can be a half marathon 150 mile bike crazy stuff right um it doesn't take a lot because typically they're pretty driven sometimes you have to bump them along when it gets rough but how do i and that's why i launched the mental mastery stuff was because how do I not just impact and inspire athletes? How do I, my, my judgment basis factor was how can I inspire my mom who smoked for 30 years, who's not in the greatest of health, she's not in terrible health, but she's getting older. How do I inspire her to become more healthy? Because ultimately I want more time on this planet with her, okay? And so I asked myself that question and it was, it was more of a personal search than a business search, but it kind of helped out a little bit on the business side because it's like, okay, how do I reach those people? Because I can't speak to them the way I speak to you. I can tell you, he set a fucking goal, let's get it done, and he's that type of person, we'll get it done. Other people, they need a little bit different, like kid gloves almost, like, hey, come on, just do something. So I started, uh, I, had, I had this guy, he's uh, Larry Wayne Scott, uh, he's like 50, probably mid-50s, and Larry got into fitness just two or three years ago, and at camp a couple of years ago, he stood up, and uh, maybe in a Christmas party, he stood up in front of the entire room of people. There's probably 20, 25 people there. And, and he broke down in tears talking about how much MindRight, our company, impacted his life. Not just his fitness, but how much it changed his life. And so Larry reached out to me and said, man, I want to give back. How do I, how do I give back? And so I thought about it. I thought about it. I was like, shit, man, I don't know. I've been trying to motivate my mom for years. Just move, mom. Just do some fucking yoga. Do something, right? Let's get you moving. And so Larry and I launched kind of a subset uh, group within the minor organization and it's called the do something society. And it was piggybacked off a good friend of mine, Pat fellows who has, uh, they have fresh junkie racing, which is a, a half marathon, full marathon company in South Louisiana. And he started the fresh junkie fit club beginning of last year before COVID hit. And it was basically 100 days of a minimum of 20 minutes of movement a day. And there was this accountability group on Facebook and you go on there and you, you post what you did fucking walk for 20 minutes. I did 20 minutes worth of burpees or whatever. And that group, they did 100 days, and then he texted me. He's like, well, we got through 100 days. I guess we'll do another 100. So what happened is is that he ended up with almost 1,000 people in this group who are participating in this, and they're moving just 20 minutes a day. Some people are active athletes like myself and you, and some people are just sedentary people whose friends brought them into the group and said, hey, man, here's you an idea, right? And so Larry and I kind of piggybacked off that idea and started the Do Something Society. And Larry is working directly with my mom and my uncle, 
my uncle Jimmy is a story that I can tell. It's not for tonight's podcast, but um, he's working with them and basically just inspiring them to move through basic stuff. I mean, 15 minutes of movement, things like that. The hardest thing to do, though, that I find is that if someone's not in the headspace to grow, I don't give a fuck how much you water them. They're not going to grow, right? And I have beat my head against the wall with some people in this world that I, because I'm a fixer, right? My, my wife, when we were dating, she would always give me a hard time because she'd have a problem. She'd be upset about something or sad about something. And I'm going, okay, how the fuck can I fix this? Because I truly believe that I can fix any problem that's presented to me. And she would get mad at me. She's like, I don't need you to fix me. I just need you to listen. And I'm like, no, I got to fix you. Like, let's fix you here. Do this. Think about this. And she's like, shut the fuck up and sit down. Right. And so I realized that I can't fix everybody. But how can I provide someone with a tool that they can fix themselves? So that's where the Do Something Society comes in. And it's it's one of the hardest things for me is to, I say hardest things, but it's actually kind of fun, is to get people from a place of despair, darkness, like we were talking about earlier, and kind of just like not in a good spot. How do you take that person and go, hey, you know what? It's all good. Good friend of mine, my dad was my dad was passing away a couple of years ago, and we were out in Colorado up on a mountain remote camping. And uh, uh, we were camping, and, and uh, I was having a really rough night with dad. Dad was bad, bad way in the hospital and getting ready to head home and basically go home to die. And a uh, good friend of mine, Joel Jones, I was super, super upset, and, and Joel... Uh, Joel said to me, Joel said, buddy, he said, everything comes to an end. That's what I, that's the message that I share with everybody. You having a shitty day comes to an end. It has to come to an end, right? You having a great day. It's going to come to an end too. I'm not all rainbows and sunshines and fucking uniforms, unicorns farting rainbows, right? Like everything comes to an end. And that's, that's what I try to, when you find someone who's in a dark place of despair that, that isn't active with their life and you can just see, they're just kind of there. They're just like a, they're there. That's what I always tell them. Hey, listen, let's do something. Let's move in the right direction. Everyone needs a different message. And I think last year with with COVID and everyone being kind of stuck in one spot and all of a sudden you're with your essential people and you're, you know, all of a sudden you realize, well, I don't really like my spouse that much. I've never spent this much time with them. You know, people recognized, hey, I need to do something different with my life. I bet there's going to be a surge of babies coming out of COVID and new businesses started. Because people are going to go, I've worked for corporate America for this fucking long. This job sucks. I need to do something different because the clock's ticking, right? And so for me, it's it's how do you deliver that message to the masses of you can go and do something, and whatever you're going through right now is going to end. Something else will start. Something else will end. But nothing can start without something ending ever, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think I answered any of your question there. I got a little preachy on it, but um, it's just that's super sensitive for me because I see so many people that are just fucking stuck, just stuck. So I always make it a point when I go to a grocery store, I always try to befriend whoever I'm talking to. If it's the cashier, because you don't know if they got a shitty day. So my, my goal is essentially what I always say is I will be judged when I die by how many people show up at my funeral to eat my food and drink my beer. That's how many lives I've touched. Maybe five people, maybe 50 people. There's actually a study um, that the more people you interact with, whether it be strong relationships or you're just daily talking to the cash register, that's what makes you longer life. I mean, of course, don't drink as much, don't smoke as much, but the top thing was just having a good like social interactions. 
I, I talk to a lot of people, so I think I'm going to be pretty healthy. I can keep drinking and smoking and doing all the stuff I'm doing. Yeah, but. you'll live forever. <laughs> yeah. Betty White's got a maid, apparently. Uh, she's, <laughs> Jesus she, Christ. But it's, it's, you don't know, you don't know what the person in front of you, and this is less about fitness and more about just being a good fucking person. You don't know what that person in front of you is going through. Maybe they were up all night with their kid who was crying that has colic. Maybe, you know, maybe their spouse is cheating on them. Maybe they're about to lose their job. Maybe they're stressed because they don't have any money. Maybe they're unhappy because they eat terrible and they just feel like shit. You don't know that. Your job, there we go, punch the mic. Your job when you enter their life is to leave it in a better state than you arrived into it. It could be the fucking cashier at the grocery store. It could be whoever. But that is your fucking job as a human being. I think more people need to buy into that. It's it's amazing. We both live that similar life. We, we go to dinners or lunches together and treat, treat people the same way. And I don't know how many times I've been thanked, genuinely like, thank you for asking. I appreciate it. And you see people put that guard down, that fence down, and straight up fucking free dessert from Stomp's Burger Joint because we were nice to the freaking waitress there, just because we, right. we were friendly to her. I want to answer your question, Nick, in your place, uh, and it's it's getting somebody who's sedentary, somebody who's on the couch motivated to do that next thing. And I want to answer in the place of I am super, super comfortable on my couch. Not getting off my couch is super easy for me to do, except for I got to go to the bathroom, I got to go to bed, maybe get me some cheese or something. Uh, God, I love cheese. Bet. 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 What's it take for me to to get on that bike, to ride that first mile to go on that mile jog or or walk jog for a second walk jog jog walk yep. whatever it takes and for for me and for that person who i don't have the drive for physical fitness working out is bullshit get fucked is how i feel about it's working hard for out me too though yeah. i but, mean like getting out the door like i love running but nope, getting out you. the door <laughs> It's still a struggle for me. Yeah. Like, it's, so, you know. For the record, running sucks. I just want to go on record. I run a lot, but running sucks. But coming from that <laughs> right? point of the person who just does, has zero motivation for any of it, we're all chasing some type of euphoric high. We're all chasing, whether it's through drugs, whether it's through skydiving and adrenaline. In your case, you've got to go find this deep pit of despair. Nick totally gets along with you right now because of these conversations to find it. Um, for me, something as simple as is when we did that sacrifice September, and I first uh, did my first spin class. That first spin class, I Jesus Christ, I didn't know you could have cramps on those parts of your bodies, man. <laughs> is that a like, muscle? That? Yeah, no, it's not a muscle. I'm sure of that. I don't have many of those. But the the feeling of accomplishment I had, the the energy I had, the vitality, yes, the, the the zest for serotonin, the yeah, yeah, it's just great. It, it dumps you in. in endorphins and whatever they're called endorphins you got it yeah you did too um it's it seems weird but just try it once one step at a time a good buddy of mine billy is he's an addict he's a recovering addict and and i've shared a little bit of his story briefly here and there but for the month of february he committed to running 100 miles and privately, I call them a pussy. Like I, one of the reasons Billy and I are good friends is the same reason you and I are good friends is bullshit. Fuck you. Right. Uh, Billy privately bumped his mileage up and then very quickly said, fuck this public. It's 200 miles. Uh, Indianapolis News Channel did a little story on him. It was really cool to see. But his big thing was raising awareness for an addiction center and addiction programs and for addicts. Yep. And he had a purpose. It was the accountability. Mm-hmm. 
ability. Yeah. So if, if fitness is not your thing, if working out is not your thing, if you're like me and you fucking hate it, that's why cycling actually interests me because I still, you know, that knee issue I've been dealing with, still haven't seen a doctor with about it, still struggle with it daily. Um, not daily. Um, sometimes. Don't you have health insurance? Oh, absolutely. Great health insurance, man. Wonderful health insurance, man. My wife works for the city. Um, man, well, our city is a pretty good city, by the way. Uh, that whole bike stuff, ask my wife about it next yep, time. Yep. Um, dude, I, uh, do you know I- I'm a bitch, bitch-ass bitch when it comes to doctors and people who have needles and knives and can put me to sleep and fuck them? Um, I, I just, ah, man. Maybe we should group hug on him, huh? Dude, you I'm know. I'm thinking. Yeah. One of the reasons I don't go to Man Cave is because Dr. Patton has doctor in front of his name. <laughs> that Hugh Patton, man. His name's like, it's doctor. He's a right. dentist. Stuck <laughs> in your mouth. Fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> Please back down and get all tight right now. Um, it, it, the sense of accomplishment, uh, but also that holding myself accountable. For me, it's more about um, that. And it's exactly what you started with, that mental challenge, that mental ability. Physically, I fucking hate this shit. Physically, I don't like doing anything that has anything to do with working out. Yep. Randomly getting up off my couch and doing push-ups in the middle of my living room is just stupid. But I like feel like I'm accountable. I feel like I did something. Right. I feel like it, and it really does make a difference. Like, Forget the fitness. Forget all that. A, you'll be amazed at what you accomplished. Just get off the couch and do it once. Just once. Yep. And then you'll do it again. And then you'll do it again. And by the time you're done, you'll be amazed. You can... Do 100 push-ups a day. Wow, holy shit. I can't do 100 push-ups right now. Um, not at once. Well, uh, I, I do want to back up what you're saying of, like, a, exercise for me is enjoyable maybe 10% of the time. 10% of the time, I feel strong, I feel good, man. and I'm like, fuck <laughs> yes, I'm doing it. The other 90% of the time, it's like, man, this is stupid. Fuck, I'm doing it. Like, why, <laughs> why did I do, why did I start this? You should so, see or, his face when he works out, 100%. You yeah, don't like it. I'm not. Yeah, I don't want to talk to. I don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's not like when I say I enjoy exercise. It's like, man, for the most part, I enjoy hating the whole world while I exercise for a Here while. Hate fucking. Yeah, exactly. I remember right. that from last time. Th- did this I? That's totally that's yesterday. totally in my vernacular. <laughs> that did. is absolutely something I, hate I would fuck say. This workout. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah. Oh, I don't like working out because it's hard. It's not fun. Yeah. Great. That's the point. <laughs> yeah, like it's not it doesn't have to be fun all the time and you know a big a big part of the enjoyment is hey that sucked that was awful and I did what I said I was going to do check the box and, I, and I finished it. Yeah. Yep. And yep. so hey if you get up and you walk around and you you know do whatever it is for 20 minutes and you don't love it I mean that's don't let that stop you. Mm-hmm. Like hey if if you if there's anything that's more important than uh you know whether it's your long-term health, whether it's being able to flex in the mirror and be happy about it, whatever, right. however vain it might be, whatever reason you can attach to, hey, uh, anything that's bigger than, hey, this isn't fun right now, man, it's, uh, I think it's worth it. I think the other thing it's worth it for, for me, that the biggest motivator for me is something you said last time, and it's just a deep conversation in itself, It's but get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being uncomfortable in a workout, I, man, that that 100 mile ride the last five miles was uh it was Miserable. not no it was not mentally it was hard but i pushed i was like i'm not cruising i'm gonna finish this last fucking five miles like yep. my ass is on fire and i gotta get it out and i i i got it. i was upset at moments but because I, I was like man this fucking felt good and then uh, i'll keep some of my private life details to what they are but nick you know i went through a huge financial struggle this last year 
And honestly, man, a big part of the motivation of that is some of our sacrifice Septembers. The things that we've done to push ourselves, the things that we've done to make ourselves uncomfortable made me think through that process like, I can get through this shit. It's just a fucking... I remember how much mild fucking 97 and 98 fucking sucked burning. I had the bike going as fast as I would go in that work. I was reaching my top speeds during that work on the last five months, and that fucking hurt. Yeah. And... I remember how much I hated myself. I wasn't going to make it. It wasn't going to happen. It's not going to work. It's blah, 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 blah. And then when I'm done, it was like nothing. I finished. And I mean, I was sore. I was beat up. But the whole next two days, I'm like, that. That's, this is nothing. Not not what I thought it was. Yeah. So yeah. Getting, getting uncomfortable is a huge help in my everyday struggle. You know, it's it's funny you say that. So the, the newest stuff, so I did the goal setting stuff for a couple of years. I presented several places. And the stuff I've been doing recently is, is are you comfortable or are you actually happy? Yeah. Right. And I think that's what, you know, that's my big kind of my big push, my big passion right now with all the content I'm generating is and the thought processes is like, you know, are we legitimately happy? Or are we just comfortable? You know, and, and I don't think people question that enough. You know, we get up and we we go to we go to these jobs and we, you know, we have these friends or these social circles or we have these hobbies. Is it really deeply making you happy? What I think people don't realize is it's not I'm going to, I know it's easy for me to sit here from a good place. I'm in a great place in life. Things are great. It's easy for me to sit here and go, yeah, rah, rah. You should fucking be happy. You know, it's been shitty before. Like I get it, but I also know that it's very simple steps just to reverse that needle from the unhappy and, and kind of stuck into forward progression. And one of the things that I recommend to everybody, because what happens is, is, is I think as a society, as, as Americans, we wake up and within the first 10 minutes, we've got our phones in our faces, whether it's checking last night's messages or, or looking at the news or looking at the weather or emails or whatever. That's what we very first thing we do. That is a almost fucking guaranteed chance that one day a week you will hijack your day because there will be something you don't want to see on that phone. Mm-hmm. It could be a message from an employee that's not coming in on time. It could be an email about a deal you lost. It could be a, a plethora of things. It could be something about politics if you're big into that or whatever. I think what people need to do is for the first 30 minutes of the day and last 30 minutes of the day, put the fucking phones away. Don't mess with it. There's nothing that you can respond to when you wake up in that first 30 minutes that can't wait until the 31st minute. That's one thing, right? I think we set ourselves up for failure often with that. The other thing is make your fucking bed. Like dead serious. When you wake up, what if there's still someone sleeping in it? Then you know what? Make your side of the bed. hundred <laughs> percent. No yeah. shit. So, so, Fair. so I make my bed hundred percent. My wife, if she gets up before me, she will make her half the bed. I'm responsible to get up and make my half and then correct whatever and fix those, <laughs> right? But the thing is, is that as soon as my feet hit the floor, I've got a fucking W on the day. The rest of the day can go to absolute shit. I won one thing that day. I did something right today. I made my fucking bed. It sounds stupid. Until but my wife I, saw how I did it. And then you're wrong. <laughs> you're really, you should have just not even fucked with it. But the, but the thing is, is that that's a win. That's an easy win every single day. And people don't realize that. People think that you got to go out and put in crazy miles or you got to go out and read inspirational stuff or go and change lives. No, nah, bro. Make your fucking bed. Quit being a lazy fucking slob. Get up. Make your bed. Drink. Drink 20 ounces of water. Within the first 30 minutes of being up, before you touch your fucking cell phone, and guess what? Your day's probably going to be kind of okay. And if it's not, it's going to end. <laughs> It'll start again tomorrow. Make your fucking bed. Drink your water. You know, all these basic things. But I think that it's easy for people to step back and, and feel like that's really hard to do. People step back and feel like changing or getting happy or making a difference is really hard to do, and it's not. It's simple steps. 
your goal to 150 miles on your bike is going to start with one fucking bike ride. You're not going to hop on the bike and eat the whole fucking elephant in one sitting. You're going to chop it up unless it's your cheat day. And then fuck, who knows if they have elephant. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's some vegan place or some bullshit, but (laughs) that's the new flavor. It's Cineholic. Vegan elephant. Just elephant. Elephant elephant tusk. I hear is really good. You got to cook it a little longer, but um, cream cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be so judgy over there. Um, you don't know me. <laughs> You're not my real mom. I don't know about elephant, but I think it's a mammal. I don't think, I think it fits. <laughs> but it's They've it's got trunks for legs. It's very, very, very easy to make that change. It's one small step. I don't think people realize that it's one fucking it's small the step. Simple things. Mm-hmm. But we overlook that because we see we see the workouts that I do, or we see you know the business stuff that he does, or the workouts he does. You oh know, we yeah, see the we're stuff. comparing ourselves to the internet, whatever we see on the internet all the time. I'll constantly. tell you right now. So I've started in the last year. I got really involved with YouTube and creating content. Right, I hate seeing myself on camera. I hate hearing myself talk. But I realized in order to reach more people and impact more lives through my mental mastery, I have to do that. It's a necessary fucking evil. If I watch this man's videos prior to record or prior to editing any videos, I would never shoot a video or edit a video in my entire life. So if I looked around, I would be discouraged, mm-hmm. right? I didn't. I looked at that and went, man, that's where you can go. That's where you can get to. I'm fucking, I don't know. I'm probably another 10 days away from where he's at. But You're right there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you don't even know about YouTube shorts, so I'm winning. No, um, Yeah, there you go, dude. He sends but, all the video clips to Fiber. Vi- Fiber? Fiber? Fiber. Bet. And that's how he gets somebody. Oh, else. Fiber? Yeah. Hey, dude, yeah. I for real have used dude, Fiber. Fiber's Legit, weird. dude, voiceover on Fiber. Lit. <laughs> Anyway, but but it's like it's like if I did that, if I looked around and I saw that you know he's crushing it, I'm gonna go, what the fuck am I even trying for? Right. You know, it's one small step. All right. Well, I'll start with this software. I taught myself. All right. All right. I need to go to better software. Change software. It's one small step. Make your fucking bed. Drink your water. Be a good fucking human being. Yeah. I think we've had this conversation about skydiving and how you see the like the shredders and you're just like, wow, you know, they're just so great. But you don't see their progression, their where they came from. You don't see everyone, the work. Everyone sees the cool shit, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I mean, Michael, it goes to everything. Michael Phelps had a, I think it's a Nike or an Under commercial a couple of years back, right around the Olympics. And it was him swimming in a pool with one light on. And it was like really dark. And, and he said at the end of it, he said, it's the work you do in the dark that people get to see in the light. Hmm. Right? People don't see that progression. They don't see that. I couldn't breathe my first fucking skydive, right? Mm-hmm. My mouth was dry and I was crazy. But on my third one where we did the promo video, I enjoyed every fucking second of it. That to me that's progression. Yeah. You know, to me but people don't people don't know that. Once you you know, once you do that. And of course people on social media especially is are not showing their Oh no. Listen, I don't I don't have any I don't have no. any friends that are not millionaires that don't own yachts. You guys? You have any friends that are not no. completely millionaires? I mean, if you look <laughs> on social media, everybody's winning, life's great. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, there's a bunch of fucking liars out there. <laughs> it just, it is what it is. And that's yeah. the, that's the, that's the problem with, uh, with that stuff. I won't get on that soapbox, but right. you know, it's, it's that, I think that discourages people from even starting. Yeah. You know, that discourages, somebody could look at you and go, man, she, she just ran a half marathon, man. I, I can never do fuck, that. I can't even make yeah. it a mile. Right. He's sitting she here. She doesn't going, even eat meat. Right. <laughs> I, know, right? I don't know how she does. Anyway. Um, uh, except for that elephant Cinnabon or whatever the hell it was. Um, Elephants are one of my favorite animals. <laughs> this is really yeah, disturbing. They're fucking delicious. Are, anyway, are elephants I you were gonna vegan? Say dishes. <laughs> what does an elephant eat? They're yeah, vegan, they, right? They eat plants and trees. And so stuff. then they're fine. They're yeah, the they're same. made of plants. They're so based. you can it's eat the that. Same thing, yeah. They have a like trunk for it. Like, they're plant based. It's fine. <laughs> you can eat the shit out of that. I mean, Harambe <laughs> uh, was a person. You can't eat oh him. My gosh, but gross. you look around, and I think you can be discouraged from even starting. Mm-hmm. 
but it's very simple. And that's if I had to give one last word, because I'm sure it's probably running long now, uh, is is you just got to fucking start. Like, make your fucking bed. Be a good human being. Guys and gals, I love a lot of what Jeremy has to say. He mentioned a little bit ago, coffee chat. Check out Mental Mastery, uh, Mental Mastery MM on YouTube. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Grinder. Is that one? Of <laughs> I, don't them? I don't have a Twitter account. That's for sure. That's way too much for that's 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 extra. Uh, uh, Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but the the, the real ones. Uh, check them out. Copy chat on Monday mornings. I've tuned in. You've you've seen me every time I tune in because I do interact. I do yep. say something. So both times. Yep. Um, and I'll honestly say I've tuned in early on the the first time just to be there to support a friend, just to watch yep. it. Yep. And I actually found myself enjoying the conversation and having something to to mentally masticate, uh, just chew on, digest, absorb, and, and push and challenge myself with. And each time I've tuned in, I actually have not uh, bugged you every time because sometimes on my phone, I'm in the shower watching you. It's wonderful, man. These are waterproof come now. In, come in the Zoom room with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> um, I highly recommend it, guys. You don't have to watch it live on Mondays at 730. Uh, you can watch it anytime. Check him out. He's got a lot of great content going out on YouTube right now. Uh, really a good place to put your mind if you're trying to overcome fear, trying to do the next obstacle, whether it is a physical uh, a thing or an emotional thing. I, I really do think there's a lot of motivational uh, things going on there. Keep an eye out. We'll share more about Jeremy Brown in the near future. Uh, is Nick cheesing it out over here? He's ate also eat more cheese. cheese. Well, no, I helped him with some of it. I have to be honest, <laughs> Mr. Brown. Anything you want to tell our friends, our family before we? No, uh, I, I appreciate you guys having me on again. Uh, I know the the first time was a lot of fun. This time was a lot of fun, and uh, you know it's not. I'm sorry, it's not a lot of skydiving stuff. I probably need to step that game up a bit. I I've no, been I've been no, I've no, been no. itching since the last since the last one with you guys. But uh, you know, I think that um, I hope that uh, my takeaway anytime I do anything. Anything at all, I hope that one person, it's all I'm looking for, one person to go, huh, that's it. That's all I'm looking for. Because if I can create that, whether I'm talking to 100 people in an auditorium or I'm talking to nine people watching on, on live or listening to this podcast down the road, just somebody to go, hmm, just to maybe kind of rethink where they're at. That's all I want. Like, I, you don't have to change. I just want to create that question. I create that question. Somebody is, it's going to change somebody's life at some point in time. One person. I'm, but by the time I die, I will completely transform one person's life with my words. That's it. One person. I think you have. I've actually seen some of those impacts getting to hang out with you. Uh, we, we have some really great friends, and some of them actually say nice things about you. Um, they get paid well. <laughs> they, they super do. That's guys, why I'm broke. <laughs> guys and gals, I know I told you we'd be rolling every other week. Sorry we took a week off a couple weeks ago. If you do not watch the uh, news, uh, Texas had a natural disaster. We were dying. We had no power, no water, no electricity, like literally camping in our houses. And the good news is, is we were camping in our houses. So sorry we missed the show, but we are back to an every other week schedule for the most part. We'll be back in two weeks. Mr. P, you got anything you got to share? Eat more cheese. Make your bed. Bet. Um, that yeah, whatever all he day. said. <laughs> Elephant donuts are lit. No cap. Elephant <laughs> no, girl. No cap. <laughs> Elephant Josephine. Do you have anything you want to add? Um, no, just do it. I think yeah, just just go out there. And just, just fucking do it. Do it. You know, I started a video. Uh, last thing I'll say, I did start a little clip sequence a while back where it was just literally whatever I was doing. I was walking or running or whatever. I was trying to find a way to connect with people, and it's just my feet and moving through space. And all I would say is just fucking do it. Yeah. Right, so I start right, putting Nike. these. I start, well, I start, Nike needs to change that tagline. It sounds. I drop that. Better. I drop that fucking in there. They can't mess with yeah. that. Yeah. They got nothing. They're not going to steal that one. They got yeah. nothing. So that's it. I appreciate you guys. White and girl, gals, hit that funky music, Bye. guys and gals. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Gravity Lab Radio. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Till then, we're dropping river.
<laughs> dropping rivers? We're dropping rivers. <laughs> I have no s- idea what that means. Fucking send it. <laughs> is this a is this a gaming thing I need to know about? Uh, I mean, we, we play almost every day, so yeah. Tight. Yeah, yeah. Hella tight. Hella tight. Oh, that's that's old school. 